the Gaucho Podcast, episode 138. Listeners, child, thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back. City is coming up in a couple of weeks, so we're going to start getting back into that mode. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have been abusing the Italy flag and trophy emoji and blue heart emoji a fuckload the past couple of weeks, and I plan on continuing doing that all summer. Uh, L'estate italiana is definitely still going on. That's, uh, that's definitely not changing anytime soon. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news that's been going on in the league the past couple of days and just around the world of Calcio, as we do. Uh, we got Locatelli. We've got uh, some sales at Atalanta, Romero and Golini going to Spurs. We've got uh, Rom Lukaku, shockingly, being linked to Chelsea. We'll talk about what that means. We'll talk a little bit about Roma, a little deep dive on Roma, a little deep dive on Napoli's kit. And uh, we'll talk about Venezia, their fucking kit, and everyone getting hype as hell over it. We'll talk about fascists at Lazio getting mad. Uh, which is uh, something that happens every once in a while, and I love every time that it does. We're going to talk about that. Uh, actual fascists, you know, not 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 uh, not not woke fascists. Actual fascists. Um, yeah, a lot going on, man, in the past couple of weeks. So we're we're slowly going to start clawing back and and getting back into the swing of things. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Olympics as well, and Liazzurri's uh, performance. Uh, on uh, on that front, especially in athletics, as they've been uh, as they've been uh, continuing to cuck the English mate uh, in, uh, in, in, in 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 very sporting very tight shorts, uh, I might add. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Plus, uh, we've got a great interview lined up with friend of the podcast Mike Miller, host of the Premier Podcast, which discusses uh, Canadian football at length, but also. Uh, hosts the Blaugrana pod and is the president of Club Blaugrana of Montreal. Of course, we have a lot going on, man, with Leo Messi leaving Barcelona. Wild shit. We're going to talk about that a little bit in depth. Plus, we get into a whole lot of other uh, fun subjects, man. A bunch of other fun subjects. Just talking about life as usual. Like I love doing with my guests, as you know very well by now. So do stay tuned. It's a long episode for you guys. Uh, and we're getting right back into it, baby. First post-Euro pod, not focusing on the Euro. So without further ado, let's get right into the action, baby. It's going to be a great fun pod, and I hope you enjoy. So sit back, relax, and take it all in, baby. Let's throw it over to our boy Pino. Take it away. Bye. Let's go. Però, catenazzo che donna sei. Io delle donne non mi fido. Il corteggiamento è un rito. Troppo spesso si finisce. Che una donna ti tradisce E non mi importa se son bionde Non mi importa se son more A me basta che siano tonde E disposte a far l'amore Io da bambino veramente fui cacciato dalla scuola Perché la professoressa mi faceva molto gola Quando facevo il militare Poi la moglie del tenente mi faceva le moine Dio la presi tra la gente Perciò bambina Se sono qui per te stasera È una fortuna Andiamo Let's go folks Alright Oh yeah Listeners, what the fuck is up? Welcome to episode number 138 of the Calcio Podcast. Samadamo coming at you. It's great to be fucking back. Oh, baby. let Roll it, baby. Roll it some more. Haven't heard the song in a while. All right, cut it. Okay. Okay. What the fuck is up? All right, listeners, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. What the fuck is up, you freaks? It's great to be back, man. 
Hope you're all having a great weekend. It is uh, my mother's birthday. It is Saturday, August 7th, 2021. By the time this podcast is up, it will be Saturday, August 7th. Hope you're all doing well. Serie A season is right around the corner, man. Man, it's, it's really sneaking up on us quickly, I guess, with the Euro and shit. For a whole month, a month and a half, taking up our, our collective consciousness, we, we, we didn't really have to go through a, a very long drought of football and it feels like uh feels like nuts that it's that it that it's right around the corner already said he starting in like two weeks fucking championship is starting this weekend i think so is Ligue 1. let's go baby let's fucking go we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to talk about in a couple of weeks as city is kicking back off i gotta say i think we're gonna have a different title Winner this year. I, I don't think Inter are going to repeat. I think it's... <laughs> that fucking escalated quickly, man. Or that de-escalated quickly. That really fell apart quickly. Holy shit, man. My God. That side fell apart in like... In like a week. They won the title and then... And then that was it. Like a week later, it was all over. The party was over. Their coach was gone. They announced that they were going to be selling a bunch of players. They've got a new gaffer now. They're thrown back into uncertainty. The best player in the league is getting sold any day now. Uh, Romelu Lukaku's going back to how many times are Chelsea how many times is Chelsea gonna sell and buy Rom Lukaku how many chances are they gonna give this guy anyway it's good to be back man it's great to be back thank you for tuning in it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode but uh worry not worry not we're back we're back to frequent weekly episodes when Serie A resumes we will be doing podcasts as close to the end of any given match week as possible so pods should be like earlier in the week but for these next couple of weeks they'll they'll still be a little random but they'll they'll, they'll continue to be weekly i assure you we got guests lined up uh this pod and next week at the very least probably a couple of more guests in the coming weeks as well so a, a lot of fun shit planned for the rest of the summer merch is coming soon by the way stay tuned i'm uh i'm promising you all i'm assuring you that it is coming I, i've teased it before uh, the kinks are being ironed out, but the merch is fucking coming. Uh, so stay tuned. But yeah, it's great to be back and to talk about a little, uh, a little, uh, a little city on now, man. Just and just, just not feel guilty about like talking about other shit and just ranting. I mean, well, during the Euro, I felt I felt weird talking about anything other than Liazzurri and 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 everything that Mancini was doing. But I I, I don't know. I, I've I've just I've over the past couple of weeks, I've just got this list of gripes and, and, and thoughts that I wanted to share, very random ones that I guess we're very slowly going to work our way through over the next few weeks, few by few, pod by pod. We're going to talk about some news, obviously, this week. You can get at us on all platforms at Cultural Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok. Fucking like our Facebook page, The Cultural Podcast. Let's go. And uh, I guess we'll get right into it. First off, we got a guest lined up in uh, in a little bit. I'm uh, going to be welcoming onto the podcast friend of the show, Mike Miller, uh, who's a local guy in Montreal who I've gotten to know. I've been on his podcast, the uh, Premier Podcast, which talks uh, extensively about Canadian football. But he's also a big Barcelona fan. He's uh, the president of Club Blaugrana of Montreal. And obviously, I mean, their world was totally rocked yesterday with Leo Messi being announced 
uh, to leave the club. So we'll talk a little bit about what that uh, what that means, where he might go. We'll just shoot the shit about a lot of other things. It's probably going to be a bit of a longer podcast because we got into it for a while. I uh, recorded it yesterday at the time of recording, so uh, it's banked and it's uh, it was it was I could tell you it was it was a great it was a great fucking nice long interview and it was a lot of fun. So stay uh, stay tuned till the end. Um, second half of the podcast will will be uh, my interview with Mike. Uh, but yeah, man, let's uh, let's get into some of the shit that's been going on, man. I gotta tell you, uh, man, uh, uh, Italian clubs are are, are really. It's, it's been a bit of a jarring week, you know, seeing Jack Grealish go to Man City for a hundred million pounds, breaking the British transfer record for an English player. I mean, it's becoming increasingly clear to me that there aren't many clubs that can compete with that kind of. That kind of fucking financial muscle, man. There are not many clubs that can compete with Man City. You've got Juve, who who are, you know, scraping pennies together to be able to pay off Cristiano Ronaldo's wage and have to structure super creative deals in order to make big signings every year like we did with Federico Chiesa and like we're trying to do with Manuel Locatelli now. Um, then you've got Inter, who are selling off their best players. I gotta say credit to Antonio Conte, man. He saw He saw the writing on the wall. I mean, there's no way that Antonio Conte was going to win with with the side that Inter have now. I mean, they, they can't be expected to win. Honest to God, I don't even know if Inter are going to get into the top four. I swear to God. Without Ashraf Hakimi and without big Rom Lukaku, if he does go on to leave. Like, like listen, man. Spalletti has done well in Serie A with a couple of clubs. He's gotten into Champions League with a couple of clubs in uh, City A, if I'm not mistaken. There's no reason to think that he can't maybe turn things around a little bit at Napoli. I mean, I know Gattuso was, you know, he, he was okay, I guess. He was kind of, I get. I mean, I don't know. I, in a lot of ways, he's still a really inexperienced manager, bro. You know, he, he definitely, he definitely showed promise, I think, but I, I'm pretty convinced that Luciano Spalletti will be a very nice addition to Napoli as a manager and, the fact that they're going to be getting in somebody that's dealt with a number of sides, a number of big clubs, and that's managed good players and and, and had success elsewhere, I think will 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 probably bode well. I think they'll be more competitive in the top four race. You know, Milan Milan haven't really gotten weaker, and and I gotta say, I think Roma are not going to just roll over and take it. I think. Jose Mourinho might even might even have them looking like the second best side in the league for all we know. It'd be a little bit shocking given the personnel they have, but you never know. I mean, I'd love to see how Mourinho does back in Italy. I'm really looking forward to that in particular, man. You all should be too. Because he's a guy who whose style of football is now very I mean, it's very well rounded for Italian football. I mean, he won't I've said it before, but he won't get he won't get shot on for playing cynically. He he won't have he won't have the weight of the world on his shoulders like he will in England. I think the Italian media will probably I mean they'll be covering him extensively, but I think they'll actually take his side more. I think he knows how to handle them quite well. And and I think they're a little bit I think they're a little bit smarter than the English media in a lot of ways. In how they read the game and how they talk about the game and the questions they ask him. <clears throat> I think he's made for Italian football in a lot of ways. I think at this point in his career, it's a great move. I can't wait to see how they do because I don't know. I I guess it's. I mean, there's no real, there's no real, there's no real trend here that would indicate that Mourinho is 
getting better as a manager. If anything, he's struggled more and more the last couple of jobs that he's taken. But this just feels like one that maybe there won't quite be the same level of expectation as he might have had at Spurs or especially at Man United. And as a result, you probably think, you know, he'll 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 I mean he he can't he can't really he can't really underwhelm. Roma aren't gonna finish much lower than they did last year. You know, just by virtue of being Roma, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just feel it, R- R- Roma just feel like a club who who can never finish under seventh place. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I I, I I have a feeling that I have a feeling that I mean, first of all, having Nico Zaniolo back is gonna be is gonna be huge. It's gonna be like a new signing. It's a fucking cliche, but I believe so. If he could stay healthy, Spinazzola being out is gonna be a big blow to them. But you know, they've dealt with him being injured before. Uh, I I don't know. I I like the signing of Eldor Shomurodov. What the fuck is his name? God, I'm I'm butchering it. The Uzbekistani guy. By the way, I think I think a few pods ago, I think like two months ago, I said he was from Kazakhstan or somewhere else. I don't I don't remember where I said he was from, but I uh, I, I said he was from somewhere other than where he is from, which is Uzbekistan. Eldor Shomurodov. Okay, so I did get it right. Shomurodov. Who he impressed me. He impressed me a lot of Genoa man. Last year, I think it's a good, it's a good interdivision signing, intradivision signing, whatever, whichever fucking one it is, intradivision. I think it's intradivision, intradivisional signing within the, within the division. Um, it's a good step up for him, but he, he he I don't know he he's played he's played in the Champions League before. I don't know. I I, I like that signing. Twenty six years old. He feels like a guy that can kind of probably maybe just take it up one more notch. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he could do. I think he'll if he if he hits the ground running, Roma will probably rely on him more than they'll rely on Jekyll. And and yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be whether or not you know Petty Mourinho can uh, put his uh, differences aside with guys like Mkhitaryan. He has he has no choice but to get on with Mkhitaryan. He absolutely needs him. He can't just throw him under the bus like he did at Man United a couple of a couple of years ago. But yeah, stay woke, stay woke. Stay uh, stay aware of the fact that Roma could go on a really good run here. The one thing, that, here's the thing I want to talk about with Roma real quick. I need to know why so many of their players tear fucking tendons and ACLs and shit. It's not normal. It, ha- it has to happen at a disproportional rate, right? Like, it's not just me. Am I nuts? I mean, off the top of my head, I could name Roma players who, who have gotten severely injured a number of times over the last few years. And... You wonder if it's like because of the level of training or maybe the fucking doctors. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There was a conspiracy theory about like about there being some weird shit going on with the doctors at Milanello a couple of years ago when they set back Stefano Sharabi's career five years. Pato kept getting injured over like a period of two, three, four years. There were rumors that the doctors at Milanello were just totally screwing up a bunch of players' careers. I don't know, man. It's been outsola snapped his tendon, and I know he's made a glass, but he snapped his tendon running for Italy, just running for a ball, no challenge. Karsdorp has had a very serious injury as well. I don't know if it was ACL as well. I know Florenzi has torn his ACL before. I know uh, Daniolo has torn two ACLs. I think he's, I think he's torn literally bo- both ACLs back-to-back years. I don't think it was the same one that he tore twice, which would be a lot worse, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm not convinced that I'm not convinced that there isn't anything weird going on there. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I find it really sus. 
There was also uh, there was also Perez. I think Bruno Perez. I think got severely injured recently as well. In recent years, I don't know, man. All wide players too. That's odd. All really all wide players. I don't know what the fuck's going? On. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot I don't know, man. There's a lot I don't know, and that's okay. But what I do know is that a lot of their players have gotten fucking injured. So make of that what you will. But um, anyway, I think Juve are going to win the title. I really do. I know it's a little early for predictions. I don't really do predictions, but for some reason, I think with Max Allegri coming back, I think the ship will be stabilized, sure. But I also think, and plus they have fucking Simone Paduin coming in as a coach. So huge morale booster in the dressing room. But Inter are taking such a big step back. I mean, listen, we got to talk about this Lukaku thing. I wonder if Romelu Lukaku going back to Chelsea, as is being reported, as being basically confirmed now, is like a case of them just saying, you know what? We're Chelsea. We have a big dick, and we can we can get whoever we want. So we're gonna go out and you know fucking football manager style. We're gonna go out and 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 just spend obscene amounts of money on this guy, even though we've been spending obscene amounts of money on players in recent years too. I mean, I don't know what their fucking books. Are. I listen. What could it be? Just a case of Chelsea having a lot of money and saying fuck it, we're gonna go for this guy because we can. And Inter basically being made an offer they can refuse. Don't go to Leon. That wasn't very good. <clears throat> Let me try that again. Gonna make him an offer. He can't refuse. Gonna make him an offer. He can't refuse. You think this is just a case of uh, Inter being made an offer? They can't refuse. Or is this, you know, is this something that was being planned for a while? Because if you go back a couple of weeks, they were saying that they weren't going to sell Lukaku. He was untouchable. You, you got to love how they were, like, erecting murals. You know, painting crowns on him, calling him king, and saying he loves playing for your club. It's almost as if, it's almost as if players don't give a shit for the actual club they fucking play for, and they'll just go wherever the hell they want and what's best for them. Eh? Weird. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if Steven Zhang was gonna do this. I know that like Chinese Chinese businesses now are, are being put under a lot of pressure to minimize their expenditure. I think it has to do with Chinese government regulations and. Inter are technically owned by the Chinese government now. The government. Government. Government, yeah. The government. Oi, mate. What what you trust the government for, yeah? What's the government ever done for you, yeah? Well, I don't know, man. I I think... I I think this is probably... If I had to guess, I'd say Conte probably saw the writing on the wall and knew that more big sales would happen. Because we were hearing that it was only going to be Hakimi. But listen, it's a lot of money for Inter. It's a good sale for them. Like, you could argue it's good business. They're getting almost like double what they paid for him a couple of years ago. They flipped him. They won a title with him. And they can go out and reinvest that money. There are rumors now that they may be going out and getting like Giacomo Raspadori or Duvan Zapata. What's also fucked is that apparently there might be some merry-go-round going on that I became aware of today that would see Tammy Abraham go from Chelsea to Atalanta. So just a three-way swap there. Super random, super satisfying too when that happens. You can keep track of absolutely every player and where they go. I don't know. I'd like to see Raspadori go there. It'd be really cool to see him play with another younger-ish young. Eh, well, he's not really young anymore. Fuck it. But like like a guy like Lautaro Martinez, I guess, who's pre-prime, you know. A, you know, He's certainly not in his prime yet. It'd be interesting to see how Raspadori would do. He reminds me a bit of Aguero he play, the way he plays and that he's you know short, stocky, and a good finisher. Uh, he's not like a big bruising number nine, but I don't know. He had a great end of the season last year. I think if he were to lead the line for a side like Inter, and, and it, I don't know, it's one of those things where if it just starts well, 
momentum will probably carry him forward and he'll just become like a household name. I think it's one of those things. Like Carlo Belotti is now a household name. Even though he's, you know, not been as prolific the past year. Like he, he just he got hot for a little while and became a household name at a relatively young age. You wonder if that might happen with like a guy like Raspadori if he does go to Inter and he becomes the main man for a big bona fide, you know, stud club. We'll see, man. We'll fucking see. Atalanta have been busy too in the transfer market. Making a lot of money off of fucking Tottenham right now, man. Paratici is Paratici really I mean, <laughs> Paratici fucking bought Romero for I don't know how for a few million a few years ago at Juve. Now he's buying him again for like sixty, sixty five million or however much it is. How how much how much is fucking Romero going for to uh to Spurs? Some crazy arbitrage opportunity for Atalanta. Let me look this up real quick. Cristian Romero. How much is he going for? Fifty million. Fifty million euro. Okay, so what did Atalanta have an option to buy him for like fifteen and we're flipping him right away for fifty? I mean that's great Atalanta business right there. They're getting rid of one of their best players and they're you know, they're, they're making making a huge profit that they'll reinvest very intelligently as they're known to do and and so on, you know. So the cycle continues. They went out and signed Juan Musso after flipping Golini to uh Spurs as well. Who by the way, I'm very happy to see playing in England. I I, I hope he could wind up becoming their starter. It looks like Loris is like kind of being phased out. And I I think it's a it's a, an interesting move for a big side like Tottenham to be going out and getting him, but it makes sense. I mean, he he's 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 really cemented himself as as a as a top goalkeeper in recent years, in the last two especially. I know he kind of had a hard time nailing down the starting role with Atalanta, but I don't know. I I, I think he he he's a great shot stopper, man. He's a great shot stopper. He's a big body. He makes good reflex saves at times. I like him a lot. I think he might be the best. He could be the second best Italian goalkeeper right now in the world. But yeah, you, you know I I don't see how he doesn't. First of all, he he also he also settles right into life in London. That guy fucking that guy fits right in. That guy loves that guy will eat up the streetwear culture in London. So it works out beautifully. But uh yeah, I, I love seeing really random transfers like that, man. It reminds me of football manager. Honestly, what what let me think about this now. What what club in the world is the most fucking football manager esque club? It's probably it's gotta be Man City. They're going out and signing fucking Harry Kane, Jack Grealish, and they're about to sign Leo Messi as well. <laughs> And football manager is so fucked. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, playing football manager, like, makes a monster out of me. I don't know about you guys, but, like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like watching porn and having, like, it's kind of like being a freak and watching porn and having, like, 10 tabs open, you know? Like, I, I, know, I know guys who will watch porn and just be like, I'm not saying I do this, of course. Yeah, right, right. I got to keep my image fucking squeaky clean. So I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll throw under the bus these, 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 these nameless, faceless friends of mine who will say do this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, like just playing football manager feels like you have this like absolute r ridiculous power that you really shouldn't be given. It, it's kind of like, again, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the power you have when watching porn where you, 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 know, you fucking act like Hugh Hefner, like you have like, like 20 playmates in front of you and you just, you just swipe through like 20 tabs until until you get bored of one video and just go on to the next one, living like fucking like some fucking cult leader. <laughs> like, like like the fucking head of the Church of Scientology, the head of the Church of Scientology just 
<laughs> just flipping through. Just fucking, what's his name? Is, is it, uh, fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> just Tom Cruise just getting a bunch of, a bunch of fucking, a bunch of members of Scientology lining up to, to suck his dick, you know? Just having obscene amounts of power. Just being some fucking cult leader. That's what you're like when you watch like too much porn. You 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 get to feel like this god, who in one session watches <laughs> women of every fucking color under the sun get boned, imagining it's you railing them. That's like that's like what it's like to play football manager. You know, you have this like absolute power that you really shouldn't be given. It's totally unrealistic, super unhealthy for your ego. It's the same thing. Like I'll give you an example. When I play, like I'm in my current save. I'm managing Juve, which I know is not eh, whatever. There are more there are more fun adventurous things you could do in football manager than manage the biggest club in a given country and I've done that before. Actually, I I'm going to come out and defend myself here. I did that. I actually got bored of the challenging saves and I decided to I decided to uh to revamp my Juve side. And what do I do right away? I fucking savagely just list Chiellini and Bonucci, get rid of Chesney, our my starting goalkeeper, sell Dybala. Get rid of Cristiano Ronaldo, the best player in the world. I just replaced him with young talent. Just just spending heaps of money. Just just totally abusing my power. Like just disrespecting the best players we've ever had. Firing staff that have been around for like 20 years. You know, no regard. No regard for, uh, for the humanity of any of the people involved. It's basically the same thing. It's basically Chelsea Football Club, man. You don't give a shit, man. I have a lone army and football manager akin to Chelsea's. But yeah, man. Golo to Spurs. I, I'm I'm happy. I'm really happy with that one. He actually may be you know what? He may be a good buy in, in, in fantasy Premier League. We'll have to see. Man, shout out to Christian Eriksen. Speaking of Spurs and speaking of Inter, um ex ex Spurs players. Coming back to Inter uh training ground. Unfortunately, looks like he's not going to be able to play for a while because he's because he's got that that artificial defibrillator, which which Italian authorities don't allow uh, players to have because the idea is that you know he's unstable uh, from a health standpoint. I mean, realistically, if he's going to play, he'll probably have to wind up getting sold. Right? I'm no doctor. I don't know if he could play without it, but like it's pro it's probably not advisable, bro. <laughs> you know? Apparently, like I don't know. Apparently, Daily Blind has has the same thing, and he's playing in uh in Holland for Ajax. You wonder if he might go back to uh to Holland or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. It'd be really funny. Maybe just a team of like a bunch of guys with like crazy heart issues that all have like artificial defibrillators will be like fucking be like fucking the Terminator. Terminator team. Have Daily Blind and and and, uh, and Ericsson back at Ajax. Maybe Ajax should do that. That should be like their next challenge, you know? Instead of bringing through youth prospects, they should just go out and find like these freaks with terrible heart conditions who need like <laughs> who need who need <laughs> we need to have this this pump in their chest at all times but yeah man man hero of the week let's talk a little lazio hero of the week this is an old story but did you guys see this fucking story with el side he i um Husai he i think i'm probably i'm probably butchering it i don't know i should have uh i should have asked next week's guest last week when i banked the podcast how to pronounce his name because he is Albanian. Little tease. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But uh, man, outside his side, I, I wanted to talk about this a couple of weeks ago on the last pod during up one thirty seven, but I didn't because I wanted to keep it strictly azzurro. And uh, man, 
I, I got to say, I'm, I'm really, I, I don't know if this guy knew what he was doing, but he's a hero of the week regardless because my boy infuriated the fascists at Roma just by, just by singing, by singing Bella Ciao because it was an old song sung by the partisans in Italy during World War II who were like far left leaning and they were anti-fascist. They weren't even, I don't even know if they were that far left leaning. They might've been communist. Some, I don't fucking know, but <laughs> they, they, they were certainly anti-fascist. They, they, they were further left than Mussolini. Who, uh, of course, you know, Lazio absolutely, uh, absolutely worship by and large. I think it, you, you know, you know what I, you, you know that you know people usually say, you know, it's 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 a minority, right? It's a minority of people. We're not all like that. There's a lot of good people, right? A lot of good people involved at the club. I don't know. I think it's a very disproportionately high number of people that support Lazio hardcore in the city of Rome that have very fascist sympathies. I mean, it's basically the entire ultra group. It's, it's at least thousands of people. It's at least a, a, a significant percentage of people in that stadium at any given fucking week. Week. So, so <laughs> for this new guy, for this newbie, to have sang that song during his initiation is just unreal. Now, let's be honest; he probably didn't know the implication of it. But if he did, I mean, more power to him. I, I just, I love that. <laughs> I love that this happened. It's an only in Italy crossover too. Like only in Italy will you have. A bunch of fascist ultra. How many only in Italy moments have the Lazio ultras given us over the years? Only in Italy will you have somebody sing a song that pisses people off because it's not fascist enough. Fucking A. Oh, man. I was so happy seeing that shit. And then they put up a sign. They put up a banner saying, "You're." Uh, they use that word that they always use when they're mad at someone. Vermi. Vermo. He's like, you're a worm. You're vermin. Which is a... I mean, which is a word that I guess translates well in English, but just never gets used. Vermin. Verme. Verme. He sigh. Verme. <laughs> you're, a, you're vermin. Lazio's fascist. Get with the program, bro. All right. Fuck you. Hero of the week. Hero of the week to outside his side for giving us that unreal moment. Man, I got to rant about this again. People aren't getting the fucking message. I've talked about this on the pod before, I think in passing, but I, I think we got to take it up a notch. I think we got to give Stronzo of the week. To anybody who's hyping up Venezia and their shirts. Like, bro, you didn't discover Kappa, man. You didn't discover Kappa, man. What the fuck? What the fuck? People are acting like they invented the fucking wheel. Fucking Venezia. With their new home and away kits. Which, by the way, are beautiful. They are fucking beautiful. Fuck you, Venezia, for making a beautiful kit. Because now I got to tear you down, right? Here's the thing. I'm not going to shit on Venezia for making a beautiful kit, okay? Nothing wrong with that. Kappa's cool. It's undeniably cool. Sure, fine. It's the fact that everyone's fucking talking about it. Now, listen, it's not hip anymore. All right? You're not original. It's mainstream. All right? When they're in City at B, you could fucking rock it. When they're in City A, it's not original anymore. Here's how you know. Here, I'm going to roast the gentility a little bit here because because uh, two weeks ago, our, uh, our Sunday league game with uh, Bomber, Società Sportiva Calcio Bomber, the uh, the local beer league team, which uh, the Cultural Pod sponsors, which Genelity, which Genelity and I both play on, along with many other friends of the pod and alum of the pod. Uh, game got rescheduled like the day fucking before, and uh, I know we we found out the kickoff had gotten moved forward. Whatever, the whole league's a bit of a mess right now because like they had to scramble because of COVID and shit to get it up and running. So there were like logistical nightmares and. The, Whatever, our game was rescheduled and Genaletti couldn't make it. He implies that he's he implies that 
he's going to be – he implies that it may be a, a minor inconvenience for him, the changing of a game time, but he, he never tells me explicitly that he won't be there. What does he do? He doesn't fucking show up. I find out 10 minutes before game time that he's not coming because he texted someone else saying, yeah, bro, I'm not coming. Tell Sam. What the fuck is that all about? Anyway, Nick, Nick Gentiletti is going to be on the pod soon. He's got an itch to come back. We're probably going to do it in person. I hope he will. So maybe I'll roast him again if I think to, but I'll roast him now because I said I would. I told him, bro, fuck you. I'm roasting you on the pod. I'm calling you out for that shit. So I just did. Sorry, buddy. But uh, yeah, I'm going to dunk on him doubly here. Is that a word? Doubly? Yeah. I'm going to doubly dunk on Gentiletti. Here's how you know that fucking Venezia's shirts are not original. You got Nick Gentiletti tweeting about it saying that they're beautiful. Like, when Nick Gentiletti gets on any style manwagon, that's when you know the trend is fucking on the down, okay? It has hit its apex. Nick Gentiletti is not setting any trends. He's not, okay? He's just fucking not. When guys like Nick Gentiletti are getting high, and I, <laughs> I sound like such a douchebag for fucking critiquing people. Here's the thing. There's nothing that people who think they're hip love, hate more, excuse me, than being told that they're not hip and that they're mainstream. So I'm telling you guys now, if you think you're going to be hip and go out and buy a Venezia jersey because it's Kappa and it looks sick, you're not original, bro. You're not. You're not. And you're buying right into, you're, bu you're buying right into, you're eating right out of their hands. You're buying, you're buying right into the fucking bullshit. Here's how you know that they're fucking, that they're fucking, that they're fucking pretentious cunts about it. Their shoot, their, when they released the jerseys, the shoot didn't even feature any players. They only had models. They only had chicks modeling them. With like, with like dress shirts underneath, wearing them like a like a pullover sweater, or wearing wearing the jersey over like a pullover sweater, like a fall layering look. I, so just no, no, it's it, it's it's forced streetwear. If you fucking wear this shit, if you buy it, you're an asshole. You're not original. Don't do it. Buy Salernitana's jerseys. Now you're gonna ask me, Sam, why don't you buy it? Fuck you. I'm a Juve fan. I don't buy other teams' jerseys. But if I was gonna. If I was gonna, Salernitana, who have no brand power, okay, no sex appeal, it's a garbage city, it's a dirty city, they got Capo Plaza, the only good thing to have come out of that place except for like mozzarella di bufala, okay, it, 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 I mean, like, like Palermo, Salerno, excuse me. See, see, see what I'm fucking saying? Like, like, Salerno's so insignificant that I'm confusing them with another fucking city. Salernitana being in Serie A. That's cool. That is hip. They have the same owner as fucking Lazio, Claudio Lotito, on both clubs a while ago. They're a PR nightmare. They're an absolute mess. That's hip. Okay, that, that's a real Italian. That's the benchmark of a real Italian club. You want to support a club? Support fucking Salernitana, not Venezia. With their fucking American owners and their douchebag marketing marketing department, the pretentious fucks that run that club. So, so it, it no longer becomes cool when they come up to Serie A. I hope they go right. But honestly, here's the thing: like, I actually would like to see Venezia in Serie A because it's gonna be cool to have that city around the top flight. But now I'm kind of like I don't know. They, they they got me against them. They got me against them. Now I'm fuck. I, I want them to go down now. I want them to go down just so that we can be done with this shit. And I don't have to see people think that they're super cool. I can't, man. So many people are gonna fucking. Oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, man. So many people are gonna buy jerseys and repost and say, "Oh, it's it's finally here with the heart emoji eyes, man." Oh God. Oh fuck, man. Fucking hell, man. It's gonna be so fucking unbearable. Anyway, don't do it, man. Just resist the urge. All right. Buy. Erea kits. Don't buy Kappa ones. 
Kappa is too uh, too mainstream now. By the way, do do Napoli do Napoli even have a kit sponsor anymore? What's going on there? What the fuck is going on with Napoli's kit? I got I got to look this up live on the pod. I know if, as of a few weeks ago they didn't have a they didn't have they were pulling a Lecce a couple of years ago when they were fucking making shit in house. A club of Napoli, a club of Napoli's magnitude. Some people are saying that they hope that Messi signs for Napoli. To be fair, that would be I mean the narrative would be great, but it's not gonna fucking happen. Are you kidding me? He's gonna sign for a club that don't even have a shirt sponsor. Come on, man. Come on. I'd love to see Insignia play with Messi more than anyone. Two very diminutive wingers that would be, but I'm fucking down for it, you know? <laughs> but, but, yeah, not that they need fucking Messi. They have Matteo Politano who plays basically the same fucking way. Honestly, honestly, Matteo Politano is a great shot for a poor man's Messi. Can't even get into the nuts, into the fucking Nazionale setup. He's not a bad shot. But <laughs> that's a ter- terrible take. Terrible, terrible take, Sam. Just compare you when you when you're comparing anyone to Messi, you're you're you're, you're really up against today. Napoli kits. Twenty one, twenty two. I'm pretty sure they don't have a kit sponsor right now. No, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Is is Armani? This can't be right. Uh, hang on a second. Footy headlines. A picture of what could be the new Napoli 2021-2022 kit was leaked. The other day, it appears to be Emporio Armani. No fucking way. Get the hell out of here. What a 180 that is. What a huge development. If so, live on, but this came out, what, a week ago? This article's a week old. Okay, dude, what a 180 that is. From having no shirt sponsor to having Emporio Armani. No fucking way. Some weeks ago, it was reported that the Napoli 2021-22 kits will be designed by Giorgio Armani, but feature the Napoli brand on them. What? There's no way. I take everything back. I take it back. Anyway, we'll see. All I know is a few weeks ago that we're... <laughs> all I know is a few weeks ago when training camp started, they uh, they were wearing last year's kits, but with the Coppa Italia badge removed. And with... um, Yeah, just just old old jerseys, man, from years past being rocked. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, listen, you know what? In a way, it's still cooler than it's still cooler than having cap. I honestly listen, if Emporio Armani See, here's the thing. Armani aren't making the kits, all right? Are they? Is it just a sponsor? You know, I gotta look this up deeper here. Napoli to sign Emporio Armani kit deal. Get the fuck out of here. To be fair, it said listen, if Radio Kiski's Napoli isn't reporting on it, then then we gotta take it with a grain of salt. All right? Kiskis Napoli is like the Fabrizio Romano of any Napoli news. Once it gets reported on that fucking radio station, then you know it's probably happening. To be fair, it looks like it's a bunch of random accounts reporting on it. But, uh, you know what? I mean, that's fucking sick if so. I mean, that's raising PSG with the Jordan sponsorship. It has to be. Well, anyway, here's what we do know. It's a month. It's not even a month. What am I saying? It's two weeks before the season starts. And uh, still nothing appears to be announced. By the way, this article I'm reading now, the second article that I just pulled up appears to be from the month of May. So I actually, so this is terribly old news. Any Napoli fans are probably losing their mind. How many how many fucking Napoli fans are j- j- rolling down their windows and screaming right now at this fucking loser's idiocy? Didn't even know. Didn't even know. It's from fucking three months ago. <laughs> All right, never mind. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Napoli. All I know is it seems to be a big mess of fucking kit situation. But you know what? Anything is better than Kappa at this point. 
Change it up, man. Rip up the playbook. Switch it up a little. God damn it. The hell with Kappa. Down with them. Here's the thing. I love their shit. But like, I love it so much that I'm not going to buy it. Like, I'm acknowledging that it's too nice to buy. It's it's too... Like, it, like, like me buying it would just me be succumbing to the fact that it's nice. So I can't do it. I need to resist and be a contrarian just because. Like, it's nice, therefore I can't buy it. It's too basic a thing to do. Anyway, man. Anyway, man. Any fucking way. Man. Uh, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Because I, I went to the... I got a haircut the other day. I've been... I've been... Because we're talking about Napoli. I just thought of this now. I've been... I've been looking up to Lorenzo Insigne's hair and his look for so... Probably from the time I was like 17 years old. It's probably a good seven, eight years that I've been looking to Lorenzo Insigne for hairspiration. Now, I can't be alone on this, right? I have to think that every Italian kid has gone to the barber. Every Italian kid with dark, every Mediterranean-looking kid has gone to the barber and said, I want that, and pointed to like some haircut that Lorenzo Insigne has had. I know a lot of people do this with Ronaldo, but I feel like every, like every Italian kid has wanted to look like Insigne at one point. I can't be the only one, right? So I started thinking of other guys that I used to look up to, like other hair, other hair idols I had, who, who whose pictures I would have shown to the barber over the years. And some of them are not, some of them are really random men. And I remember when I was like 14, 15, 16, uh, Genaletti and I would always ask our barber, we would always ask Louis, Luigi, our barber, who we still go to, both of us respect, big up to the guy, listens to the pod, love you, man. Uh, he... We, we, we asked him to give us fucking haircuts like uh, Mattia Destro. How random is that, bro? <laughs> when he was at Siena. And Genaletti looked up to Antonio Nocerino as a style icon. And recently, I've turned a lot to Danilo D'Ambrosio because we have like similar... I don't know. We, we look similar-ish. I don't know. We have like similar like, like facial structures. Similar like noses in profile. and But like similar hairline too. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I, I don't know. My girlfriend's also obsessed with his wife and uh, them as a couple, and I don't know. They post a lot, man. They post a lot of shit about about their family. I, I gotta say, we, 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 listen, ladies are a sucker for that. Ladies are a sucker for just women that post about their husbands and their families. What kills me about Italian wags doing that is uh, when they cover up their babies' faces with like emojis with like stars. <laughs> You know what I would do if I was gonna cover up like my baby's my baby's face with an emoji or something? I would just I don't know. I just cover up his whole body from his head down to his dong with like the eggplant emoji just for fun. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Like, what's the point? What's the fucking point? All babies look alike anyway. What are you worried that someone's gonna like? You worried that someone's gonna fucking jerk off to like your baby? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a fucking level of protectiveness that you just this protective instinct that you just get as a parent when you want a few people to see this possible. To be fair, there's a lot of fucking creeps out there. Who the, who the hell goddamn knows? Whatever, man. D'Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio is a guy whose hair I've looked up to for a while. How random is fucking that? How fucking random is that? When I was a kid, I actually wanted to have hair like Andrea Pirlo, but then I did. But I didn't understand that like people have different hair textures. Then didn't realize that he has straight hair and I had curly hair. So for a while, I refused to cut my hair. But it just kept curling. Like, I had really curly hair. I wound up looking like fucking Alessio Cerci. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I, I got it through. Everyone listening to this podcast at, at some point has gone to the barber and asked for, like, fucking Insigne or some other barber's hair. Uh, some other fucking player's hair, excuse me, to the barber. Guaranteed. Hey, yo, big up to uh, to Italian sprinters, man. Taking home a couple of gold medals. Shout out to the uh, the relay team, the 400-meter relay team, which featured uh, Marcel Jacobs, who won the 100-meter. guy's a fucking monster. Italian hero. God damn it. Uh, I got to admit, I, I kind of caught the... I was holding out for a while, but I kind of caught Olympic fever last week when uh, the track and field started. And, uh, I mean, the 100-meter relay... Excuse me, the 100-meter race is... I mean, the men's 100-meter final is, 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 is one of the biggest, most important sporting events on the planet, man. It's so short, but... Like, it's, it's one of the purest sports or athletic endeavors out there. Like to be the 100-meter Olympic champion, I mean, you are the fastest man on earth, right? It's, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. It was his personal best time. It's fucking unreal. But then for Italy yesterday to have gone in, or early this morning, depending on where you are in the world, uh, to have gone on and, and, and beat, beat uh, you know, beat Great Britain at, like, at the death by .01 seconds in a photo finish, Giorgio Chiellini reaching out and grabbing the English finisher, the English closer, just pulling him back a couple of feet so that we could claim the title. I mean, <laughs> I, I gotta say, there's a lot of weird... Listen, some 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 things about the Olympics feel weird. Like, all right, we're gonna pull for this fucking individual guy, this individual this individual dude who does speed walking and hope that he does better than uh, someone from this patch of grass. Like, who gives a shit? But I, I don't know, man. There's something about athletics. There's something about sprinting that's... That feels very pure and I don't know, man, I love tribalism, man. I've said it before. I fucking love nationalism and tribalism. Like healthy, a healthy amount of national pride is good, you know? Unhealthy patriotism leads to, uh, you know, leads to, <laughs> leads to, leads to uh, a bunch of ultras calling uh, calling their new recruit uh, vermin. For uh, for singing uh, an anti-fascist song, that's that's not that's never good. But I don't know, just just a, just a touch, a touch of nationalism, man, is good because you know we're all confused, we're all idiots. No one knows what the hell this is all this all is, right? You know, a little bit of tribalism just lets us feel like we're a part of something, right? We all want to be a part of something. Everyone wants to have a sense of belonging, right? You don't want to be part of some tribe. Well, you know, you're uh, you're 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 uh, you're. Uh, your 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 nationality is uh, is a tribe, man. You know, so it was great to see Italy do well in the uh, the four hundred meter. Fuck, I, I forget the closer's name. It starts with a T. What what was it, man? Uh, Tortu, Tortu, Filippo Tortu. Oh, what a fucking finish that was! The guy came back from like a, you know, from what felt like a big deficit to to claim the title. I gotta say, that my my one gripe, my one gripe with uh, athletics at that level with Olympic sprinting, or I guess with, with any any fucking sprinting, is uh, I don't know. Do they need to wear shorts that tight, man? Like, I don't need to see what side your dick hangs, man. It's a little bit much, you know? It's a little bit much. My mom watches this shit, man. Come on, come on, come on. What the fuck? You know? I don't want my grandmother to see this shit, you know? I don't, I don't need my grandmother to see that this fucking guy's dong hangs to the right, which I think Filippo Tortus does. I noticed. Of course I noticed, man. How the fuck could you not? It's right in your face. Be a little ballroom, man. I don't know. So it's a little much. It's a little much. I'm not a, cr I'm not a prude, you know, but it's... It's not even intimidating. It's just fucking. It's just fucking. It's like, all right, all right. You got a penis. All right. Do we need to make fucking shorts that tight that we need to see that you have a penis? All right, we get it. You know. 
If you didn't, it would be a fucking problem. You wouldn't be in the race. We get it. Maybe you would. I don't know, actually. They let that fucking dude compete with the, the women. That, fuck, that fucking tank in uh, weightlifting. Which is, uh, which is insane. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need to see who has the biggest balls on the, uh, on the Italian sprinting team, you know? I don't need to see who has the biggest balls, you know? Again. And because then I just feel bad that, that this fucking thing is hugging the guy's balls, right? That it's hugging balls that, 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 that tightly, you know? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, man. Getting off the rails. Off the fucking rails. Man, did you guys see that uh, Bukayo Saka's been getting a lot of love? He's been getting a lot of love from Arsenal. Arsenal, you know. You know, he's been getting support. Oh, man. Can you imagine that shit like 30 years ago? How fucking soft people have gone now. Like, I get it. It's terrible. Obviously, he was subjected to terrible, vile racist abuse. And anyone that, anyone, anyone abusing anyone, uh, anyone abusing a 49-year-old, let alone a 19-year-old. Anyone, regardless of age, but... Anyone, any, anyone abusing anyone for, for missing a penalty is like, all right, what are you doing? Anyone racially abusing anyone for any reason at all is like, what the fuck are you doing? All right, all right. What a fucking loser you have to be, you know? But, but, oh, God. Like, <laughs> it is funny, man. It, it is really funny to see Italy have, 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 you know, have won. Have won a major title in the summer. Have won major honors in in a couple of really huge events at the Olympics, and and what what are the what are the English do? What are the Brits doing? They're complaining, right? They're complaining about it, and they're uh, they're applauding uh, people for getting you know for coming in second and for their bravery and for for enduring hardship. And I don't know, I don't know if you saw. I think he came back to Arsenal the other day, and um, they gave him a hero's welcome. I, I don't know, man. You give them support. You issue a statement saying, "We're really against this shit. We will support you in any way we need to. We're proud of you for you know having the balls to take the penalty." But it ends there. You know what I mean? You don't give him a hero's welcome for coming back for missing. A, I mean, the guy still missed a penalty. Come on, he's still a pro footballer who missed a penalty. You know, I'm 19 years old. A couple of years ago, I still feel like shit if I miss a penalty, right? Because I missed a penalty, regardless of any other ex, you know external shit that might be going on. Like at the base of it all, I still feel like shit for winning for you know for for missing a penalty, and I wouldn't want anyone. To, it's almost patronizing, right? It's almost patronizing if people are fucking praising. Anyway, I, you know, I thought that was funny, man. Another thing I saw, another thing I saw that that I needed to that I need to bring up. Oh my god, this this might strike less of a chord with international listeners, but there's this guy in the NHL, Evander Kane, who uh, last week this is unreal, man. His wife got his, I guess his wife was bitter. Uh, and he released an all-time statement too. He, I think his, uh, his, he had a falling out with his wife. They got separated, and she alleged on like social media that he bet on an NHL game, that he bet on a hockey game or something, possibly a game that he was actually playing in. And the guy had to come out and he issued a statement, vehemently denied it, and said like all-time statement. He said like the allegations made by my soon-to-be ex-wife, just an incredibly petty thing to say. About someone who you're, who you're embroiled in a in a fucking child support divorce battle, right? Just point out for the record, my soon to be ex wife, just for the record, uh, made these allegations and they're, they're they're totally untrue. I've never bet on hockey ever, and I was just thinking like, dude, oh, so cute, so so cute. This is just this is just another fucking Tuesday in in Italy, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is another fucking Wednesday. You know, just another day, man. 
somebody getting accused of match fixing and then everyone in the fucking hockey world is like, oh my God, you know, are they going to rescind this contract? What's going to happen? Like, all right, all right, dude. Like, you know what they should do is they should, they should, they should summon, they should summon Italian authorities to come, to come investigate because they're experts at that shit. And uh, yeah, just, just, just ask, ask what methods they use to, uh, what methods they employ to, to, to prove somebody innocent or guilty. Although it has been, Rather, um, I don't know. Some of the procedures in Italy, I think, that have led to guilty convictions have been rather sus. Like, I remember Antonio Conte got, like, I think he had his fucking ruling overturned like years after the accusations were made. I think Armando Izzo, the same thing happened. I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was funny, man. Just some, someone, in another, someone in another sport getting accused of match-fixing and thinking, ah, like, this is so funny. This is so not part of the fabric of other sports like it is in Italy. Oh, man. All right, listeners. Um, I think it's time we cut away. I think we need to. I think we need to. We'll we'll, we'll leave some of the other shit on ice for uh, for future pods. It's noted down. It's duly noted. Don't worry. Let's cut away to Mike Miller. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Leo Messi. I had a great chat with him. I think you guys will really enjoy. It. I just wanted to say real quick, very important, before we uh, cut away to Mike. Next week on the pod. All right, I teased it before. A uh, big reveal here. Next week on the pod, we got Jeff Nadu coming on the podcast, Barstool Sports employee, uh, former employee of Barstool who got squeezed out, quit, uh, left with his pride, and came back and just dropped his nuts on the table the other day um, after uh, after the guy that squeezed him out uh, basically got cucked by uh, by Portnoy and uh, and got told, fuck you, we're taking this guy back because we like him and he's quality. Uh, so Jeff Nadu is back at Barstool, so Barstool employee. Uh, Jeff Nadu, gambling expert and big, um, big aficionado uh, on organized crime in the American mafia, the Italian American mafia. Uh, so we had a great chat last week, which will broadcast next week uh, on the upcoming pod uh, next week during during episode 139. So just a little heads up, Jeff and I reviewed something which I want you guys to all take a look at now in the coming days. So I'm assigning homework to you all. Uh, in order to be able to follow along to the next podcast, you should all go on to Netflix and watch the mini series called Fear City, New York City versus the Mafia. Uh, I binged it and talked about it with Jeff. We had a little shoot the shit about uh, just talking about the American Mafia, talking about the Italian American Mafia and them getting squeezed out by uh, the FBI in the 70s and 80s, just like he got squeezed out by that asshole Rico Bosco at Barstool a few months ago. Uh, but yeah, great chat I had with him, so definitely do stay tuned for that next week. But in order to not be out of the loop, you need to watch the three-part Netflix miniseries, Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Jeff and I will be reviewing it next week and breaking it down a little bit. I'll be asking him questions about some of the happenings. Uh... I have this theory, man, that if I were a criminal in the 50s or 60s, I'd have gotten away with anything. I'd have gotten away with fucking murder. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I had to, I had to bring my car to the garage. And uh, it's a long fucking story, but I had to bring my car to the garage and eventually, whatever, I left it there for some work and it was ready. And uh, I went in to go pick it up. My dad drove me over to the garage because we needed, you know, we needed to go with two cars. So my dad drove me over and we're, uh, we're we pop into the garage and nobody's there. The mechanic is uh, nowhere to be seen. I'm calling his name. I'm calling the shop. 
He's not answering. <laughs> and my dad and I are like, what the fuck? Like, the guy's not fucking here. There are cars all around. There's keys on the inside of the office, like behind the desk. And, I mean, if we wanted to, we could just fucking, we could just jack a car and drive on off. But then I thought, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. Not that I want to do that anyway. But in theory, you know, if I had to, gun to my head, if I had to try to get away with stealing a car, I mean, it, would, it was made pretty easy in that situation. But then I thought, well, no. Like, I'll just get caught because they got fucking cameras. They got CCTV everywhere. At the end of the day, like, like if, if anyone really wanted to catch me, you know, they could fucking triangulate my location and see that I was at the garage at that given moment and that I was, you know, cruising around in, in some car, you know, minutes later. And I don't know, like, 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 like if, like if somebody, if somebody like, if somebody kills a few people in a public setting, you know, like say it's a, someone commits a really bad crime, right? And they got to get like special operations on it, right? They got to get a special unit on it. I mean, if you go through Google Earth, I think you could check at a given moment in time when the crime would have been committed, like satellite images of how, you know, when the crime was committed. You could, you could backtrack and you could see where the person came from, see what house they live in and say, all right, well, that motherfucker lives here. It's got to be one of these people. Anyway, you, you can't get away with anything now is my point. I had this thought, like, like it's impossible to really get away with crime now, right? But back then, you could get away with anything. And the mob did. And that's the point. It was very hard to prove anything until the RICO Act came into effect in the 1970s and the FBI began using it. And uh, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the catalyst for the whole series. And it was a great show. Um, so I definitely encourage you guys all to watch it. I will be reviewing it again next week with Jeff Nadu of Barstool Sports and uh, host of uh, The Sit Down, a podcast about organized crime in the United States. So yeah, definitely do stay on the, uh, stay on the lookout for that. Check, uh, check that out when it's out next week. Until then, uh, let's throw it over to Mike Miller, who I interviewed yesterday and we chatted a little bit about Leo Messi. We had a great chat about other things. Uh, great chat about, about life, a bunch of other fucking subjects, man. Mike's a great guy, and the interview was a lot of fun, so I hope you enjoy. Let's throw it over to Mike Miller right now. Let's go. Yeah, why Android, bro? No, I'll, I'll tell you something. And by the way, I don't know if this is going to be part of the pot or not, but it can be. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm resisting the evil empire, man. The problem is when you get the iPhone, you got to get Apple TV, you got to get an iMac, whatever the hell they call it nowadays. You got to get the whole kit. When you have an Android, you're free. You can have whatever television you want, whatever computer you want, whatever. You're, you're free, man. You're free, man. And that's the thing, man. I'm resisting the evil empire. I'm, I'm, the, uh, I, I'm the few and the proud. That's what I am, man. I disagree. I don't think you need to get all of them. I think if you do, it makes your life easier. And there's definitely a, an incentive to, but like an iPhone on its own is so much better than any other phone out there. It is, it is so much more user-friendly and everyone, everyone is on it, right? So everyone in the Western world that's on it gets to shame people like you uh, when, when you have green texts and you know, it's, 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 it's a form of case system almost. Like someone, the, a buddy of mine, a very wise friend once said, never trust anyone with the green text bubbles. And I, I agree, man. Like you fuck up, you fuck up the, you fuck up group chats and shit. You make us go on to WhatsApp, which nobody trusts. I don't know. Maybe like, like we, there, there are listeners in Europe. That, listen up, in that, son. Listen up, son. How old are you? I just turned 24. Listeners in Europe use WhatsApp. 
I guarantee look, you. But look, like, it's it's, look. it's not a thing here. I, I don't know. It's it's a burden. It's a burden. I suck him to it the other day with my uh, beer league team. After like after like three years of having like a few people out of the loop because they got to fucking get news through Facebook. I was like, you know what? We're gonna consolidate everything. We're gonna is what is the word streamline? I don't know. We're we're, we're gonna consolidate everything to WhatsApp and and I've I've met with resistance because people are like, what is this shit, bro? What, what, so instead of you know, you're resisting Zuckerberg, but you're consuming uh, what's his face, Steve Jobs, uh, Steve Jobs merchandise, and and what have you. Let me tell you something. I'm 37 years old. I had I had cellular phones before before Apple was even a thing. I had computers before Apple was even a thing. It was called Macintosh back then. Are you? <laughs> do you even remember that? I've seen commercials. I I know the old. The old, uh, the old LGBTQ logo um, that they yeah. they had, but before oh it was, before this was, before this was. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, I mean, dude, here's the thing: once you cross, once you cross that, once you cross that, once you cross that threshold, like, the, the, there's no, there's no going back. Once you, I mean, I, I understand, I can appreciate that you had a different, that you had a different, you know, that you had pagers and shit back when you were my age. Maybe, maybe maybe not pagers. I won't exaggerate. Oh, come on, you're don't not... exaggerate. <laughs> Jesus, I had a pager oh, when I was when you like... were you were you were like you know in high school. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fair, That's fine. Exactly it. Okay, fine. I, I I could appreciate I could appreciate that you grew up with um, phones that were just kind of getting phased out when I was you know when I was of age to to, to maybe get one. Right. I don't. I don't you even probably know what got fucking your age. first cell phone when you were in elementary school. I was, Am I wrong? No, no. So this is what I was gonna say. I got it when I was twelve. When I started, when I started high okay. school in Quebec, which is twelve turning thirteen, or like middle school yeah. in other parts of the world, whatever. You know, it's which I think is kind of reasonable, but mostly because like a lot of people start to travel, a lot of kids start traveling for school around that age. Uh, in in general, right? Usually you'll go to like a local primary school, and then eventually you kind of, you know, I, I I think that's what people do in most of the world. I don't I don't know, but I feel like people are getting phones younger now for sure. But so, so I don't want to, you know, so, so, so I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the normal age of getting a phone is anywhere. But, but when I got it, when I got a phone, when I was, when I was of age to get a phone at the time that, you know, the age to get a phone was maybe around the time that you enter that level of schooling and start leaving the house on a daily basis for, for long periods of time. Like, the shit you're talking about was getting phased out. Okay. So I, I get it. I appreciate that it worked for you guys back then, but once you cross that divide, man, there's no going back. You're not going to make the world go back to like Bell Packard phones or the Nokia's man. It's not going to happen. Like the black bit, like, like, I don't know. I don't know. I have one friend who actually still uses Blackberry and posts Snapchats with it. And it looks like it looks, he may as well be, but, but that's the he thing. Looks, that's... He looks like he's in Tajikistan, man, or something like he, he, Bro, you're emphasizing part of the world. You're... You're emphasizing my point because BlackBerry is just another company, just like Samsung, just like Apple. Those are companies. I don't want to be enslaved to a company that may or may not stand the test of time. And you, you, you talk, you talk about Nokia with such contempt. Nokia was the shit back then. Yeah, and but just then, it, roll with it. Roll with what's the shit now? Apple's the shit now, and just just bow down. You know, like I don't know what you, I don't know what you're resisting, man. You you guys ruined the fucking group chat. There's fucking twenty people in a group chat and two guys. Like it's the one time that the minority that everyone has to heed to the minority. 
You know what I mean? Like usually, like we can say, all right, listen, guys, you get your news elsewhere, whatever. You can't be part of the banter. But, if, you know, eventually you feel bad and you say, well, fuck it. This is inefficient. I'm posting news in like three different places. Again, I'm going to streamline it. The Beer League group is now on WhatsApp because two people out of like 25 have Androids. You guys, are, I don't know. You guys are ruining it. You guys are a couple of bad apples ruining the whole batch. I don't know. Bro, we're, we're the very few and the very proud. We, we're, we're like... And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I feel like we're being demonized like anti-vaxxers are. We have the right to resist, man. We're not bothering anyone. Yeah, you have the right to resist anything. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, pe people, you people, you people are very, uh, are very, uh, are, you guys, you guys are very, you guys are very adamant in your, like you guys aren't passively Android users. You guys are very, everyone that has an Android still in 2021 is like very proudly an Android user. They're very adamant in their use of Android. Like, it's not just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, it's, this, this works for me. It's no, I, I, I fucking have, I have it out for Apple. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to heed. I'm not doing it. It's, it's, I, I will, I will admit you guys are, there's something admirable about that. I guess you guys are pretty, uh, I don't know, principled, I guess in some way. There you go. There you go. Just like I'm resisting electric cars and I'm resisting a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, so eventually, eventually, uh, you know, pe people <laughs> like you, you people, are, are going to be like uh, the Amish in fucking eight, in seventy five years. You make me feel like such a boomer, man. It's incredible. Like I really am not electric cars. What's wrong with an electric car, man? What's wrong with an electric car? What's the fucking deal there? Like, it's... look, I'll tell you what's wrong with an electric car. The technology is not readily available for mainstream use yet. That's well, I mean... what's wrong with it. What What do you mean by that? Um, I don't know if I'm 500 kilometers and yes, I said kilometers, uh, my American friends, I know that a lot of people are listening from the U S but I'm 500 kilometers away from Montreal stuck in the middle of nowhere. And my battery runs out of juice. Uh, what do I do if there's no, whatever they call it? Yeah. Ch charging station, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Is, don't they have like backup cables? Kind of like you can carry a tank of gas in your car. I wonder if there's like a backup charge you can carry or some battery replacement. You know, I don't know. That would kind of be the next step. I don't know if there's any car that can, that, where you could replace a battery if you keep a couple of extra spares like under the, uh, under the, under the, uh, under the floor of the boot in the back. But yeah. uh, oh man, we're confusing the fuck out of any American listeners. The boot kilometers, the the the, the trunk, the trunk. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. Like th th that's just that's just society not adapting, not be. Excuse me, that's just society not being fully not being fully on board with it yet but eventually we'll get to that point like 150 years ago houses didn't have garages and now any house that's built has a garage i think it's kind of the same thing like like you know society wasn't equipped for cars 100 years ago because you know if it snowed you'd be screwed right you'd have to clean it off before work but now you could leave it inside i think we're just you know we're, we're slowly kind of getting there i don't know we're adapting we're evolving no and, for you sure know, and Technology, man, that's the that's the most recent form of evolution, but technology itself has to evolve. And that's why I feel like if you're willing to entrust a corporation with your personal data, with uh, with your life, essentially, what are you going to do the day that they completely crash? And that day is inevitable. It happened to everybody. It happened with the Nortels of this world. It happened to BlackBerry. It happened to and it's going to happen to Apple, too. You're going to see it in your lifetime. Civilizations crash, man. Everything crashes. Everything, you know, everything is finite, right?
You would think. You know your so. history, right? You know what happened with the Roman Empire, right? It started as a republic, then slowly evolved into an empire, and then the culture declined, and what? Everything went fine? We're, we're, we're at the tail end of it, man. We're on a, we're at a self, yeah, we're, we're in a, we're in a, we're, I think we're definitely in a, in a self-destructive, on a self-destructive path right now as Western civilization is concerned, as as a Western, as Western society, I think we're, I mean, we're, we're definitely self-sabotaging. We're, we're going against a lot of the, we're going against a lot of the, uh, the morals and values that were set forth in the first place that allowed us to exist in the interest of what people think you know, claim are, 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 are important things, but really are just counterintuitive in a lot of ways, just cracking down on, on basic freedoms and stuff. I don't know. I, I like just, I, I, I th- it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that it's crazy to think that, you know, in, in, in some, in some spheres, you'd be seen as crazy for even, or you'd be, you'd be labeled, you'd be branded as crazy, you know, um, just for even suggesting that it makes sense to, 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 you know, own guns. Like I don't have guns. I don't feel a need to, but I understand why people do. And to say that anyone who wants to have a gun in case, you know, government goes tyrannical is crazy. I mean, like that's, it's naive, right? It's always happened, right? The the reason we have, the reason Western civilization has been allowed to exist as long as it has is because we have gone away from dictatorship models and, and we have, we, we've embraced democracy. And the more we, the more we have, we though, have we, have we, well, the more you crack down on individual freedoms, the less our our democracy is only nominal because because as a matter of fact, we're being dictated by the corporations who are supporting whichever parties we decide to vote for. The game is all rigged, man. Largely. And I don't want to get into conspiracies, but if you look at the model and understand it, you're gonna realize very quickly that apart from getting to vote for one guy or another guy once every four years what rights do you have in this democracy when it comes to making choices and passing legislation and, and whatever? Ideally, ideally you, ideally you, sh- you have the right to say whatever you want, right. And to live however you want. And that's, what's but that's freedom of speech, upon. right. But that's, that's, free- that's what's getting increasingly infringed upon. Right. And that's why I'm going to, yeah. you know, that's why uh, whatever, whatever the, whatever the scale, that's why I'm always going to, you know, as long as I can, I'm going to do this fucking podcast and I'm going to say what I want. Right. And yeah. I'm going to try and I'm not, and I'm not going to be, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be subservient to any. You know, any. Yeah, interest. you're not gonna. You're not gonna Small record an apology video to no. Glad or something like that. <laughs> fuck, fuck no. Listen, if I do, if I do that, if I ever, if I ever, if I ever record an apology video for something I said, because I know myself and I know that I would never say anything that is that is that is actually that is actually insensitive. If I do, it's 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 probably mm. it's probably satire or something. That's what you do, right? You always just say something to satire if if it gets yeah. misinterpreted. But so so if I ever if I ever issue some kind of apology video, I know this you know this is this is like I think I think was it Chris Rock who once said at the, I think he said at the Grammys a few years ago like like will what's her name jada smith not jada smith boycotting the grammys is like me boycotting rihanna's panties i wasn't invited right like like me like so so me saying this right i know you know i'm i'm not i'm not getting canceled i'm not i'm I'm no one right you know i'm no one right now but but uh, but 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 you never know i i I, who the who the the fuck knows i mean they'll they'll go for they'll go for anyone my point is if i ever issue an apology video it's fucking off me right now you ever see you I don't know. You ever see like a hostage clip, right? A fucking hostage clip, right? Where they look like they have, t- you know, they have fuck. You see the fucking fear in their eyes. Like blink twice if you're being held hostage. If I'm recording a fucking apology video, I'm being held hostage, and and just just, just send help. 
call the authorities. I will never do that. <laughs> Little as I am now, I don't care. I don't know how big I'll get, but I'm never going to know. I'm never going to change. I you never know, man. Sometimes you never know. You never know. Like these guys were making apology videos. The second that, what's his name? Tracy Morgan started making apology videos. I'm like, all right, man, game over. We're done. We're done. Yeah, but people, but people who kind of stick to their guns and and call out the ridiculousness of of the you know of, of political correctness and and infringement of freedom of speech are 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 heroes, right? They're 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 held in. I mean, they're 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 painted as villains by by the minority, but I think most people admire it to a certain degree. I don't know. I like to think that in that in a position of 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 you know of, of conflict like that, I'd, I'd stick to my guns and 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 stick to what I think is is right. But you're the, you're a student of uh, of stand up comedy, right? I mean, you get it as an art, right? The, Much more than just uh, entertain, uh, just an entertainment form. Like you really do appreciate it as an art, right? And I'll tell you, man, the the, the first name that comes to mind when when thinking about trailblazers of basically pushing back against PC culture, the first name that comes to mind before George Carlin, before any of these guys, is Lenny Bruce, man. Lenny Bruce literally lost everything, everything, and he stuck to his guns until he died. Isn't he the guy that that got banned from SNL because they said he gave the finger to Johnny Carson, or is that someone else? I don't, Dude, fucking, I don't know. I, I could be I, fucking. I could be fucking that up. But but I don't know, man. Like like people people get vindicated, you know, in in if not in life, then in death at least, right? Like 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 history doesn't forget, right? If, whatever you did, you know, if you, if you fall, if you follow the crowd and you made your money and you did what everyone else did, I mean, people won't remember that, but if you went against the grain and I don't know, in some way you almost become a martyr. If you, if you wind up dying before getting vindicated, because again, eventually, you know, what, what you did is done. You can't change it when you're gone, right? People will look back on it and, and look fondly on it. If you uh, stick to your guns and, and, and are uh, a man of your morals. So I don't know, man. Um, Speaking of evolution, you talked about evolution and shit and how the world is evolving. Yeah. FC Barcelona is evolving, man. What's oh. going on at your club? By the way, we, Mike, welcome welcome to the podcast at uh, long last. Uh, Mike Miller, good friend of the show, host of uh, the CPL podcast, the Premier podcast. Um, if, you're, if you're in Canada or if you're not, uh, definitely do tune in. Great, uh, great, uh, great channel you got going on to, uh, to promote the beautiful game in Canada. Um, which I, which I occasionally do tune into and enjoy very much. So, 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 uh, thanks for coming on. I, I was on a few, I was on a few months ago when, uh, when that whole super league shit was going on and we wanted to actually do a review of the, uh, the Bajo biopic. Um, and we were going to bank this and we were going to release it in a week. And I was going to tell people on the pod, like that their homework was to watch the biopic, but we're not going to do that now because the news is too hot and uh, a lot of shit's going on right now. At your club, uh, why don't you maybe just get into a little bit of your background and, and what it is you do um, as as a fan of Barca, also your your your, your pod and uh, and yeah, just but yeah, thanks for thanks for fucking coming on, bro. Pleasure's all mine, man. It's a uh, it's always fun to talk to you, man. And we do talk a lot off air for people who don't know. Like uh, this is like just another conversation. We just happen to be recording it. <laughs> yeah. But what do I do for FC Barcelona? Um, I'm the president of the uh, official uh, local chapter here, the, the official supporter club. It's called Club Laugrana de Montreal. And uh, we're officially recognized by FC Barcelona. We're basically an embassy, uh, an official embassy for the club right here in Montreal, Canada. Um, I'm also hosting the Blaugrana podcast, which is 
usually in French, but I have mm-hmm. English language episodes from time to time. And I saw you did one recently. Yeah, I saw you did one recently in French. Yeah. In English, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, officially recognized by the club. Uh, I'm on their website from time to time. They, they do give me a, a nod because I'm the only French language FC Barcelona radio show in the entire world. Um, and uh, yeah, we cover everything that has to do with the club, not just the first team, but you know other other sections as well as you know finances and and stuff like that, uh, political stuff. So it's always it's always interesting to to look at things in other ways that than what is presented onto you. And I I feel like you're doing the same thing on your show for Italian soccer. So I can I can relate a lot to your show, and that's why I'm a fan of your show because I like how. Uh, you cover like much more than just what's going on on the field. And I try to do that too. Well, and I have you, a lot of, uh, yeah, sorry. No, 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 go on. I'll, I'll let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Thanks. Kanye. Um, I, I have, I have all sorts of interest in life. You know, I'm interested in politics and history and finance and, you know, uh, I'm a chart accountant by trade. I'm a CPA by trade. So obviously I'm going to look at things that people kind of overlook sometimes and, I'm a student of the game. I was not talented enough to, to go very far uh, on the field, but I, I'm still passionate about the game. And I've been following FC Barcelona since the late 80s, early 90s, when Johan Cruyff was the manager. And, you know, there's a whole tradition and a whole history there. And I'm 37 years old. I started quite young. And, uh, you know, like that club has a special place in my heart. And I try to give, I try to give it as much and it has given me over the years. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. It's I, I know I know you I know you're kind of riddled with injuries, but it's nice that you're uh, that you're able to kind of stay involved in the game uh, despite that. I know I know a lot of people who a lot of guys who compete at a younger age, you know, are often look for a way to stay in the game in some capacity. You know, in some some cases it's only just talking about it, but at least uh, you know, at, at least you kind of get to go a little you know a little deeper than that and kind of get to have a community here in Montreal because you are you are a local guy. Um, yeah. Went, went, went to went to the same i mean you're a little older than me but we yeah went to the same school same alma mater same uh same uh same city same uh basically the same upbringing you grew up in the you grew up in the italian quarters in montreal so you're you're yeah. you're, you're 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 pretty you're pretty well versed in italian football i do appreciate that you listen to us though man uh as i as i am appreciative of, of every listener that, uh, that that listens in but i don't know the, 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 there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people that do talk about italian football in english a lot of you know, there's a huge Italian diaspora throughout the world. I'm a little surprised that. Uh, so so yeah, obviously thanks for thanks for tuning in to to uh, to, to this one, and th- thanks to all listeners for fucking tuning in. I love you all who uh, who choose to who choose to tune into this fucking debacle uh, every week. But uh, I, I I'm surprised that I'm surprised. I mean, I guess it makes sense. You know, th- there's no direct connection between France and Barcelona or the French language and Barcelona. But I am surprised that you're the only French podcast that is. I mean. That, that, that you know of that talks about the club you guys must do really well in like the middle east and africa no especially north africa yeah north africa europe uh i got i got people listening in asia Belgium. even you know uh, like, Cam- like cambodia like cambodia and shit like 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 vietnam indonesia china like i i russia french, french, like and, I- french and indonesia and russia really I'll tell you why, because I've had people message me privately over the years and some people listen to me because they're trying to improve their French and they love, they the love club. Barcelona. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the biggest clubs. In there the you right. go. Okay. Oh, nice. I'm like, I'm like, you're you from Montreal. You're from Montreal, right? I'm sure you've heard this before from older Italian generations. When they came to Montreal, they spoke French and then eventually later generations started speaking English. 
but a lot of older Italians. A lot of older they, Italians tried speaking French, not very well, but it was it was what they could pick up on first. For some reason, but, the kids on the street picked up English, but yeah. But listen, listen to this. I'm sure that you've heard this for at least from at least one of your grandparents. A lot of people, a lot of older Italian people, when they came to Montreal, they learned English by listening to Bob Barker, by watching Bob Barker and The Price is Right every single day. That's how they learned English. And that's I, why... I believe that. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like what I try to do with the French language in the um, Bograna podcast. Beautiful. My, my, my grandparents haven't directly said that, but I've gone to my grandmother's house and watched The Price is Right, like at lunch. Both of them, both my grandmother's house. It's, it's a thing. It's, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And uh, anyway, it was a thing in, in my. I don't know if maybe I don't know if other people do this too in North America. I I definitely I definitely did. Um, I like that you said that you're the uh, you're the North American. Excuse me, you're you're you're, you're a chapter, right? I, I mean, embassy embassy is probably a more accurate word, but I like I like chapter. It makes you sound like Freemasons. Yeah, sons of anarchy, man. Oh, you're, you're the Montreal chapter of uh, of Barthe, of Club Club de Football Barcelona. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you brought us luck, eh? You watched. Uh, you you were at uh, you were at the viewing event um, at uh, Chochado last month when uh, when we uh, when we beat Austria. You you and a few other people. Thanks to everyone that did come through. Obviously, I've, I fucking thanked you guys before. But 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 uh, a few a few listeners came, said hi, and then kind of went to the back and just kind of watched the game. But Mike uh, Mike sat up, Mike sat up on the on the terrace with us, and uh, you were alongside me. Uh, listening to me rant about what the fuck we were doing. That was a stressful game too. Yeah, um, I was kind of I was kind of third wheeling between you and your bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you, you were but but again, you you were you were you were uh, you were in your you were in your element, man. You were in your element. It was it was you you grew up in that area, right? So, you you yeah, yeah. used a bunch of screaming Italians. Uh just 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 going just going nuts screaming shoot every time they get into the final you know you guys don't have the monopoly and i love that i get to say this on your show you guys don't have the monopoly on jovial screaming that has nothing to do with arguing like it's a mediterranean thing i'm I'm moroccan i do it all the time people when they see me (laughs) talking to my friends you don't think it goes you don't think it goes on in mexico (laughs) it goes on (laughs) there you go there you go well i mean i don't want to get into history but latin americans are essentially of moroccan descent i mean if you know anything about it if you know anything about Inquisition, you'll know that a lot of us got deported from uh, from the Iberian Peninsula. Uh, oh, really? Around 1492. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, that's what? why we look alike. That's why we look alike. It's not a it's not a coincidence that Moroccans it's... and Portuguese and Spaniards and Brazilians and Mexicans we look alike because of you know because they they, they don't look Italians Nordic. Even. They don't look Nordic. You, you know what it is. You know what it is. Every every culture claims that they're loud. I just I just realized this now. Africans think that they're loud. Italians think they're loud. Latins think they're loud. Russians think they're loud. Eastern Europeans think they're loud. Armenians think they're loud. Arabs think they're loud. Persians yeah. think they're loud. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, even 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 the even the English watching well, watching sports. I don't know. It's, it's almost like we're all the same. We Shit. are all the same, man. Let's let's hold hands and kumbaya. We're all the yeah. same. Yeah, the game who, brings us together. Who who doesn't who doesn't yell? Who doesn't yell a lot? As a cult, I guess you have like you, Scandinavians, you, Nord, Nordic countries. I guess they're a little more reserved. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Maybe like Bavaria, but most of Germany. Yeah. Do, I guess a lot of Northern Europe doesn't. And maybe like part we, of East Asia. We had one screaming German, and that was it, man. No more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, never again. Never again. Is that that's what they that's what they say too? It was it Ari Go- Ari Gold who said that? <laughs> Ari Gold said to fucking Lloyd on Entourage? 
like the Holocaust, Lloyd, never again. Yeah, I don't know. You know, East Asians are, are, are generally a little bit more uh, in control, in control of them, in control of their, uh, their emotions. The, the rest of the world are wild animals. They're, 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 they're the best among us, I guess. Yeah, sure. I don't know about the best. I don't know about the best. It's just, you know, man, it's, it's just a matter of culture. I, I, I think that what's beautiful about our cultures is that we're emotional and we're not, we're not afraid to show it. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't get along with someone who's not emotional to a certain level, who hasn't cried for a stupid reason in his life. It's essentially part of being human. Why I mean, bottle it up? And I then... mean, if you're not, you're, 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 you're crying on the inside, man. You're going to tell me that, that those kids in Japan that go to school six, seven days a week and, uh, and that after, and that after <laughs> they're, they're all about honor there, man. They're all about like respect and family values. You're going to tell me that when they get to like 50, they don't, there's not a lot of shit bottled up in there. That's why, like, I don't know. That's, that's, that's why I feel like, I feel like people that go against the grain in, in those cultures really fucking really go against the great because they you know, listen it, it, it takes ball it takes balls to do certain things there that that would otherwise be just pretty standard in other parts of the world mm -hmm. you know even just i don't know getting i don't know dying dying your hair whatever taking a gap year you know what i mean some of the shit some of the shit that people some of the shit that white girls do in uh in north america mm -hmm. would would not fly there man you know i'm taking a gap year you know i'm just discovering myself they'll be like what are you what are you what, are you, what, are you, what the fuck are you doing when, when, when are you, you going to support yourself? I guess that's that's another thing that kind of that kind of transcends a lot of cultures too. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you what are you what are you what are you doing, Mooch? In here, this isn't a hotel. That's basically every. It's basically yeah, well, most you know, most cultures. You're telling me you're telling me about taking a gap year. I remember I used to see people do that around me, and I'm like, but who do you think you are to do that? <laughs> no, I, I understand it though. I understand oh it. I understand God. it. I didn't do it, but, but you know, but I understand it. There's something wrong with going against the grain. A lot of people, I don't know. A lot of people realize how absurd it all is and just say, eh, you know, what's the point? I don't know what I'm doing. Why do I need to, why do I need to know what I'm doing? Why do I need to decide now? You know, life is, life is oh, dynamic, right? So it, it's I, not I, like I, the I, world is going to wait for you. Yeah. But you know, people, people are okay. I, I don't know. The, the, I get it, right? It's easy. It's easy to fucking poke fun at, right? You know, I'm, I'm just gonna go find myself. You know, I, I get it. It's easy to poke fun at, but like, I understand. I, I get. I get what people are doing, right? Life's confusing. You know, existence is confusing. The world is confusing. You know, right? right? So, the older you get, you know, when you realize that that it's not all it's it's not all you thought it was, right? Which is to say, there aren't answers that just magically appear in your head when you get older. If anything, you become more confused, and you say, oh, well, you know. I have more questions. I have more. You start asking more critical questions, usually, hopefully, ideally, when you get older and you don't all of a sudden just become smart, right? When you were a kid, you thought that you thought that everyone that was older was smart because they were adults and they drove and had houses. But but you get to a certain point and you're like, oh, you know, I'm eerily close, right? You're 19, 20 years old. And you're like, yeah, shit, I'm eerily close to that. And I don't feel this enlightenment isn't just it's not it's not happening. So what do you do? Right. You, you go seek it. I get it. I get why people yeah. do it, you know? Yeah. I do. I, I, I know that it would have been extremely anxiety inducing for me to do something like that. Because then you come back and you don't find it. What are you supposed to do? You can't take a second gap here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's true. And there's definitely something, there's definitely something to like having a, a pressure to kind of do stuff and not be inactive and not just ponder and not ask questions. Like I, I don't know about you, but if I have like a, I don't know, it, it, 
if I, if I do stuff that if I look, if I look at myself in the mirror, right, you know, I could, I could hand to God say, there's nothing really wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with being a little unproductive for a given day. There's nothing wrong with not knowing the answer to this. There's nothing wrong with not knowing exactly what you'll wind up doing. I get that there's nothing wrong with that, but despite it, I feel guilty in a lot of ways. If I, if I ever just go through a stretch of not feeling like I'm, I'm contributing enough in my house or I, or I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not kind of following. I, 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 if I feel like I don't have my shit figured out enough for a given period of time, like I'm not quite sure what I want to do next. Or if I feel like I'm not being productive for a given couple of days, I feel like shit. I feel like, I feel like, I feel useless, man. And I think that that's good. You know, it's good to have a certain level of human, you know, as a human to have a certain level of motivation to do shit, you know, a little, give yourself a little kick in the ass and conquer your, conquer your, uh, you know, conquer your procrastinatory instincts. But mm-hmm. like, there's nothing wrong with taking time off sometimes. I just know that when I've done it, like if I go on vacation, sometimes I feel guilty. I feel dumb. I feel like, I feel like I'm a, I feel like a fucking disgrace to my family. If I go on vacation, sometimes nothing wrong with it. You know, hell, my grandparents are giving me money, you know, hey, good, good for you. Congratulations. You're going on vacation here. You, like what? That's not how this works. My girlfriend got money for getting a car the other day. She bought herself a car. Her grandmother and her great aunts got, gave her money. Like, oh, congratulations. We're proud of you. She's like, what are you, what are, what are you doing? She's like, oh, you know, you're going on vacation. You bought a car. We're proud of you. I don't know. Like, it's not like they look down on you for doing things, right? People are, you know, if people love you, they're just proud of you no matter what you do. But I still feel like shit in certain situations if I don't feel I'm doing enough. I don't know. I don't know if other people feel that way. Not definitely. Well, you know, I, I it's a funny parallel, but I, I've always thought if I were a professional athlete, would I take a gap year? And no matter how old you are, right? You do that, it could destroy your career. Now, Apply that to whatever you do for a living, and it might also be true, man. Yeah, but the stakes aren't as high in a lot of what people do in day to day life. Like people aren't people aren't cheering you on at your you know at your at your fucking nine to five job, but people are cheering you on, and people people want to see you play, and and people want to see you hone your craft. You know, you you mean more you mean more if you're Memphis Depay playing for Barcelona, especially now that he's yeah. going to the line, but. Um, I don't know. It means it means more to the world. I mean, his existence isn't more significant, but he has more of an impact as you know, being Memphis Depay playing for Barcelona yeah. than 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 John does putting food on the table for his family. You know, very admirable. The difference between very admirable. The- they both they both have the right to pursue to pursue you know the the best life they can and they should. Um, and they're probably both cool people. You know, most people are fundamentally good. But yeah. if John wants to take time off he only affects his nuclear family right he only affects his nuclear circle that's the difference that's uh i, I hear you though it's jean jacques rousseau point. right man is essentially good anyway i believe i put you on the spot no 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 i i i i i know who crusoe is i didn't know he said that but but he uh i don't know i i, I like him a little more i guess for having said it i because I, I agree with that i fundamentally believe so but by the way, by the way, the difference between Memphis and uh, and John is that Memphis could take 10 gap years and he'll still be set for generations, whereas John does it for one year and then he goes bankrupt and his entire family freaking starves. Yeah, but like, I don't know, man. Think of think of that Simone Biles girl like at the Olympics, you know, she just she backed out due to mental, you know, mental pressure or whatever and not being able to cope. Apparently she wasn't able to take her her, her meds or whatever. Um, in Japan legally, 
which is, you know, obviously not ideal, but I don't know. Like, you know, in, in a lot of walks of life, if you're not up to something, you just don't do it. Right. You just say, ah, fuck it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to postpone this, but I don't know when, when you're, when you're, when you're an athlete or when you're an actor or a singer, people expect shit from you, you know? People expect an album. People th- here's the thing. People think they deserve it. They feel entitled to watching you play, you know, mm-hmm. but they're not entitled to it, right? We're not entitled to watching Messi play. We're not entitled to watching anyone play, right? The fact that Messi has, you know, graced the fact that Messi has graced uh, graced our televisions over the last 15, 20 years is 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 something to 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 be happy about because he didn't know it to us, right? He just did it because he wanted to do it himself, and we just have to be happy that he did. And I, I keep get, coming back to Messi because we got No, let's get right that. to it, man. I'm going to tell you how I feel about the whole thing. Uh, for once, it's not between the club and the player, right? Last year, last year, we were going through the same type of ordeal. The former president, Bartomeu, had stuck a verbal agreement with Messi that he would be able to, to, to basically uh, leave freely after, uh, I mean during the summer 2020 and then he reneged on his promise and it created a whole situation right. this year Laporta and Messi agreed upon a five-year contract but La Liga has uh, blocked it because they redesigned the entire salary cap structure and basically FC Barcelona has a 400 million plus almost 500 million salary cap and they have to bring it all the way down to 160 million which means that not only Messi but every player they've signed this summer Kunagüero Memphis and what have you Eric Garcia they're not able to to to, to be registered as Barcelona players and the whole reason of that ordeal is because La Liga has signed a 50 year deal with uh with a hedge fund and basically that deal includes tv rights and what have you and one of the conditions is to never be part of the super league now fc barcelona is still part of the super league just like juventus and uh, other italian clubs right yeah the other day they came out saying that they still intend to pursue it they're yeah yeah pursuing it and barca doesn't want to commit for 50 years They're like, well, you know, we got to follow the trend. If uh, if everybody goes, we have to go too. We're a big club, just like any other big club. So basically, they refuse to sign that deal. And because of that, they're not entitled to something like 275 extra million euros of, of budget that they get to spend on salaries. So they opted so out. They opted out and La Liga is blocking everything. And now keep in mind, La Liga has lost both Neymar and Cristiano Ronaldo in the past four years. And now they would rather see Messi leave, making their product essentially less than half of its value from a sponsorship and broadcasting. And, uh, you know, he leaves Spain, which he will. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't see him going to another club because no, all fuck, the big clubs no. in fuck no, 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 no. Because all big clubs it, in it Spain, happening. happening. But even if he wanted to, every other big club in Spain is going through the same thing, especially uh, Real Madrid and uh, Atletico Madrid. So he's not staying in Spain. So essentially, in the last four years, you lose the the top three best players in the world, and you're expecting what TV rights to go up. La Liga, mark my words, is gonna is gonna fall back into the dark ages if they lose Messi the way that they're they seem to be losing him. They're gonna fall back to 
late 80s, early 90s when La Liga was a hipster product at best. It, seem, it seems so. Yeah, it definitely seems that's the direction it's going. And the one good thing they have going for it is the fact that Real Madrid and Barcelona are bigger, brand, are bigger brands now than they were then. I know they were big clubs then, but I mean, it's just gotten exacerbated in the past 20 years with the age of social media and the internet and shit and just other things compounding at the same time and more people watching more people watching football worldwide. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know how many people used to watch the UEFA cup. UEFA cup was the champions league back in the eighties, right? So, no, no. UEFA not, cup in, was in, the in, Europa in, league. Incorrect terminology. Sorry. What, what, what was yeah, it yeah. called in the, okay, the what, European cup, the European cup. Okay. I don't know yeah. how many people were watching it back then, but I'll go out on a limb and assume that more people are watching it now than they were then. Right. I'll I'm, tell I'm you something. More people Sam, have access to it. Let so. me bring you back to the nineties for one second. Back then, you couldn't catch La Liga in North America. It was that bad. It was that badly marketed. You couldn't even catch it in North America at all. The, the, the first time that I was able to see La Liga on television was Gold TV in the early 2000s. Before that, I could only catch Barca games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when I was actually watching the, the European Cup, which eventually became the Champions League. Mm -hmm. And the Premier League has always kicked La Liga in the ass when it comes to marketing because they had the better TV rights without necessarily having the better football. And now the Premier League has beautiful football because they're attracting the best players and best managers, right? La Liga still has beautiful football, but they don't know how to market themselves despite the fact that they have the greatest stars in the world. Take away the greatest stars in the world and you're left with nothing, like yeah. no incentive to watch it if you're a casual. I have a theory on why England is so much more popular a league. I think it's because people speak English as a second language in most parts of the world. I, I, that could be wild. That could be a wild theory. I know there's a, there, there are millions, millions, hundreds of millions of people that speak Spanish as well. But I wonder yeah. if that's a contributing factor as to why people just took an interest in English football. I don't know what it, I don't know what else it might have been. I mean, it just is all I could. But I'll tell you what. I remember just growing up and it was on TV. Right. So anyone that's my age, anyone that grew up, any young Gen Z, any older Gen Z kid or any or whatever, anyone born in the 90s, I guess, pretty much even like you know, older millennial, excuse me, younger millennials or older Gen Z kids. I don't really know where the fucking cohort starts. I think it starts in like 95 is kind of when they Gen Z. I think that's when it starts. Yeah. Doesn't, technically, you know, I'm a millennial. Technically, yeah. I'm a millennial. Whatever. So yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, most people who were born in the 90s, at least in North America, certainly in Canada, people that I know here. Friends that I grew up with just remember seeing Premier League football on TV as long as we could remember it was on TV. So I guess you're right. They did a better job of marketing themselves because in theory, if City A or if, you know, if La Liga was on TV, people would have just, you know, drifted toward it and there would have been a divide, right, of, you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid fans basically <laughs> all, 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 across, all across my network of friends who otherwise started falling for English clubs. You'd have a few hipster Atleti fans, a few hipster fucking Valencia fans, but, but, mm. I don't know. I, I, I wonder I wonder how much of it is to do with the fact that just English is widely spoken or the fact that maybe it is because indeed they did market themselves better because again, I don't remember a time when it wasn't available to me on TV when I was a kid. I would just, mm. I just I just woke up and it was on TV, right? I would wake up on Saturdays and it was on TV. So whatever the case may be, I mean La Liga will always have the fact that it has big clubs going for it, but so did City yeah, a few years ago and they fell off the fucking map, right? But it almost strengthens the case for Real Madrid and Barcelona to to break off and capitalize on the fact that they're a cut above 
the rest of the league in some way. I wonder if that'll, you know, maybe be a contributing factor to some other Super League type thing happening down the line. The, the, it really, you know, it's game over if they could do that and still, for tradition's sake, continue to play in their domestic league. It's but you over. know what's going to happen? If essentially uh, Messi is not allowed to sign with Barca. Well, he's and, gone. It's over, right? It's, it's I mean, you know, who knows? It's a power uh, play. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for Laporta to say something tomorrow. I'm still hoping because, you know, I, I can't just... It's the second time that Messi, quote unquote, leaves. Right? This so, is different. This is different. A statement was issued saying thanks for everything, yeah. and 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 they po- and they posted a video. They posted a video saying thanks for the memories. Come on. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's just that I can't imagine the current structure uh, being sustainable for La Liga. Therefore, what I can foresee is Florentino Perez and Joan Laporta and uh, Antonio Cerezo and all the other presidents of La Liga, I expect them to sit down with Javier Tebas and be like, look, Messi leaving is not only bad for FC Barcelona. Tebas is with the uh, Spanish Football Association, right? Just correct. Sorry? Sorry, just just go a little... We have a a lot of people that are literate in Italian football, less in Spanish. So Tebas is the name I've heard, but he's he's the guy that heads La Liga, right? Or is it the Spanish Football Association? Okay, so let me walk walk you through it. Javier Tebas is the president of La Liga. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luis Rubiales is the president of the RFEF, which is like the Fiji chief for uh, for, for, for okay. Italy. Okay, okay. Right. SC football. Right, right. right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, SC is Selection. Sorry. Okay, whatever. The fucking Royal. The Royal Federation. The Royal Federation of Football and Spain. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm. What I can foresee, and I have no information about that, but what can what I can foresee because apparently that whole deal was signed without the cl- without any club's inputs. Uh, no president was consulted. There was no presentation. They essentially found executive, out. Executive. It was executively it, decided. It wasn't exactly. Upon. Okay. So what I can foresee is all 42, 20 La Liga plus. 22 Segunda uh, presidents because they also have a say, although lesser. I expect every president to sit down with Javier Tebas, president of La Liga, to discuss things. And I, di- I-, I can expect a different outcome than what we're seeing today. Does it mean that Messi is going to magically come back to-, to Barcelona? I don't know. But what I'm saying is that there is something, believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, there is something much greater at stake here. That that all makes sense. That all makes sense. Uh, so so thank you for informing me because I wasn't privy to all that shit. Now here's what I thought immediately when I saw the statement. I thought this is a cover. I thought, okay, you know, Messi Messi doesn't want to come back. They're painting it like, oh, you know, he wanted to come back. We wanted to come back. Unfortunately, it's out of our control. And I thought, how the fuck is that? You know, how's it out of anyone's control? What what could have possibly been done that might impede them from 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 offering this guy the contract that he wanted if they were willing to give it to him so i understand now okay up to speed it all makes sense so what would the solution have been would the solution have been barca could offer him a lesser contract and messi be okay with accepting a lesser wage and because it was just kind of like understood that okay well you know can't do that you got to go make your money go be free go free little bird or is there something else that might have been possible because it sounds like the issue was what he, I didn't even realize there was a salary cap in La Liga. I'm a fucking moron. I just, but it didn't respect the league's 
financial rules. So they could have given him a lower contract. And the idea was that was something that wouldn't have been agreed upon. That was where Messi said, all right, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go make big money somewhere else and take on a challenge. Is he like a, is he like, is he is he now like a like a doctor who started making a doctor's salary and decided to buy two two Mercedes and take on a mortgage and now he has to keep working and he he has the same financial stresses as as a guy who makes fifty grand and has to support his family and drives a Toyota is it is it, you know is this a case of his lifestyle being too, he has too expensive a lifestyle now that he needs to keep up so he needs the money or what's you know. What other variables are there here? Is it really just as simple as the contract didn't get approved and therefore Messi's like, okay, I'm out. Sorry, I'm going to go, you know, to graze on another pasture. The situation is so impossible that they would have to not only sell players, but current players would have to lower their salaries for him to be able to come back at whatever salaries that was agreed upon. That's the problem. It's impossible. Like you can't, you can't go from 400 plus to 160 without selling a bunch of players and having a bunch of players restructure their contracts. And that's the situation where FC Barcelona is finding itself in. It's not a matter of greed. It's a matter of new rules being enforced. Uh, uh, I mean, being enforced, being announced at the very last second, 10 days before the start of the competition and expecting clubs to basically do something about it and now that the whole market knows about it you think that people are going to take on philip coutinho's salary or antoine griezmann's salary or uh, samuel umtiti's salary knowing that the very reason why there's a sell-off is because they're desperate you're desperate and you're trying to buy Messi. no there's going to be there's going to be a deflation it's going to be the exact opposite of what it was when Neymar left in 2017. There's going to be a massive deflation. A massive correction, which everyone assumed would happen eventually at some point anyway. It's what people were yeah. warning years ago, which is weird yeah. because that's not how it's often gone. That's not how it's gone historically. It's gone up and up and up and up and up. The thing with Neymar and Mbappe a couple of years ago was that mm. it was such a big jump. It was such a big jump in like that one summer. I think you guys send that you guys signed Dembele for over 100 million. And before that, it was like, ooh, will anyone ever get to 100 million, right? Well, anyone ever, you know, who's going to be the first one to break that barrier? And then Bogba came close, I think. Yeah, he, I think it was Bale, but then it was Bale. Bale was close, I think. But then I think Pogba was 100 million pounds and he was yeah. the first 100 million pound player. But then like once that frontier was attained, then it was, I mean, the floodgates were open that next summer. It was, it was, it was just a lot of huge, huge such transfers that, that really didn't make sense in a lot of ways. If you look at, if you look at the value of other players and what they were still signing for. So I guess it makes sense that a correction occur. I just so so this has nothing to do with the fact that Barcelona for a while have been like pretty poorly financially run, right? Aren't you guys have you not have you guys uh, not been severely? Can I can I can, I, can I clarify something about that? And I'm glad you bring it up. Like mm -hmm. we're talking about a billion euro debt, and everybody's going crazy about that number. Out of that billion euro, there's an infrastructure project, which is basically capital expenditure, right? It's not mm -hmm. money wasted. Mm -hmm. We're talking about between 600 and 700 million euros to basically renovate Camp Nou as well as a bunch of other stadiums and arenas that are part of uh, of the greater complex. And one of one of these buildings is Palau Blaugrana, which is hosting 
the basketball senior team, which is competing in the Euro League, if you know something about European basketball. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not like we owe money and it's like a billion euros in transfers. That's not what it is. And when it comes to that to that project, it's always e it's always going to be easy to refinance that debt. The project started in 2014. It's due to be inaugurated in 2022, but you have like capital assets that you could borrow against. So that, that, that's, that's, that's so, yeah. Sorry. No, go on, go on, go on, man. Sorry. So essentially we're talking about three, maybe 400 million euros. And that represents three transfers. Dembele right. for 150, Coutinho for 160 and Griezmann for 120. So a large part of it was private undertake was a private undertaking taken on by the club. It was, it was, it was, it was just a private, it was private, it's investment. A real private, it was project, pri private, private, it's private investment that the club was, it was a private investment that the club was making into itself. Almost nothing yeah. to do with financial fair play, nothing to do with the no. football club or the books. No. Okay. It's a real estate project. And just to give you an idea, Camp Nou was built in 1957. So obviously you should be able to expect some sort of of renovations every now and then and you know the club it's a lot of it's a lot of renovation i mean it was no it's, but it's not just camp no right right it's, what's what you were talking about it's we're it's talking whole, about a multi-sports organization the whole sport so, club yeah it's the whole because yeah it's the thing it's not just football club barcelona it's it's barcelona barcelona is is, is basketball is, and, is, and one of those and, traditional super super um super um super what's the what's the word i'm looking for just to give you an idea while you're thinking about it, we have an athlete in the Olympics who have won uh, an Olympic gold medal in track and field. She's from Venezuela, I believe, and she represents FC Barcelona during her uh, during her competitions, like during the year. And when she competes internationally, she represents her country, evidently. But like in all your uh, gold leagues of this world and what have you, she represents FC Barcelona. Right. Okay. So the word I was looking for was culture. You, you guys, it's one of those cultured clubs where you, yeah, kind of, kind of like, kind of like, uh, well, like what Real Madrid has, like what Panathinaikos has, like what, like what is it? Red Star in Serbia has, right. You know, there's football, there's mm -hmm. basketball, there's swimming, there's handball, there's mm -hmm. whatever. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Okay. So, so that makes sense. So, where, where, where do we go from here then? Where do we go from here? Let's assume he's gone. Okay. I hear, I hear your, you know, I, I see what you're saying. I hear your case. I think it's over based on what's been described. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little hesitant to come out and say, oh shit, you know, Barcelona are trying to put pressure on the league to, to, to get Messi back and have all the clubs kind of unite against the league for this decision that they made, because we did that. We did that on the Premier podcast a few months back when uh, the Super League was announced that that very week, I think. And then I don't know. We, we you and I kind of went back and forth as to this theory that we thought was basically confirmed that they had they had attained everything that they wanted, right? And the fact that we thought that they were just trying to put pressure on UEFA to make a concession. And and so, so let, let, let's assume let's just assume Messi's going. Okay, let's not get too deep into any any any. Any crazy hypotheticals? Let's assume he's. But well, we got it right last time. We did get it right. Okay, let's assume Messi's leaving this time, though. All right, all right, where, all right. Where, you know, where, where would you like to see him go? Oh. Would you rather see him retire? Would you rather see him go to Argentina? He's he's not retiring. He well, of course he's his not. His mind was but... his mind was set on playing those five years, and there's a World Cup next year that he still hasn't 
one and he's still trying to go after. Who, who, can, who the fuck's going to sign him, right? So Barcelona can't sign him. He's on Manchester a free. Manchester City cannot sign, so, him. cannot sign him, right? Why can they, they not? Just, they just signed Jack Grealish for $100 million and they're still thinking about, they're still talking about perhaps signing Harry Kane. Uh, you see I don't some know, of the memes. Man. You see some of the memes of like <laughs> some of the memes of uh, city of city fans, city fans, uh, or Man City, the club wanting to return Jack Grealish after finding out that Messi's <laughs> that Messi's fair game. Which yeah. I mean, to be fair, they they could have they could have entered negotiations with Messi a month ago, but I guess it became a little bit more real today. <laughs> a bunch of people were joking they... like Barcelona are gonna fucking return Jack Grealish. Like just didn't make sure just you saw the tag. Didn't they just give Grealish number 10 too? Like, <laughs> no, no, that's a I, thought Str- I thought Sterling was 10 at the club. I could be wrong. No, seven, seven. Oh, okay. Kunaguero oh, was 10. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he is a he is a 10, to be fair. I don't know, man. If you're going to pay 100 million for a guy, fucking give him the 10. Sure. It's just that a match. Well, I, I, right? I thought they were going to give it to Kane, to be honest with you. But that being said, like. What if they went for Kane and for Messi, bro? I mean, this is Bad City oh. we're talking about. Who gives a shit? Money doesn't exist there. Here's the thing, right? They're just oh, going to embezzle more funds in from 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 the Emirates, and what they'll do is they'll they'll structure it as a sponsorship of some kind, and they'll do that. Which has, isn't that what got them in hot water a few years ago? I don't know. If, listen, if I'm Juve, if I'm Juve and I'm Andrea Agnelli, fuck it, unite, unite, man, unite the forces, Bloods and Crips, come oh. together and just. Bring him to Juve. Go against fucking financial fair play. Think about that. That's a problem. That's a that's a problem for tomorrow. Listen, I don't. It won't happen. But like the if I, if I'm, if I, listen, if I'm Agnelli, I'm saying that's a problem for tomorrow. We'll deal with this in fucking four years. We'll we'll go down this. We'll go down to City of B if we have to again. But let's 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 embezzle let's embezzle some private Agnelli funds. Let's have Chrysler sponsor Messi and make up eighty five percent of his wage and 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 fuck it, man. Doesn't matter that we can't find fucking five million to pay Sassuolo for Manuel Locatelli. Just do it. Do what you got to do. Like that's what I would say. I wonder how many clubs now are going to say, "Hey, listen, like this is a, this is a guy who we need to break our backs for." You, you got to think it's almost every. You got to think it's basically every big club in Europe. Right? I I, I want to answer My your nuts? question though. I want to answer your question. I want to give you a straight answer. So your question was, what's the next step for Messi if he doesn't come back to Barcelona, right? Which it looks uh, like he's not. Uh, which it looks like he's not uh, on paper. at on the paper. time of recording on, this. On paper, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want him to play anywhere else in Europe. He's 34 years old. He's still at the top of his game. He's still bra- breaking records. Where I would like to see him go, I would like to see him come to the MLS. That's where I would like to see him go. Inter Miami, LA Galaxy, LAFC, Atlanta United. Uh, I just like that one won't of the happen New York though, right? That's yeah, it not happening yet. NYCFC, right? New York Red Bulls, whatever. Like, I want to see him play for one of those teams. He, they could certainly pay him, and it's gonna it's gonna uplift the game locally, which you and I are very much about. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be, it'd be awesome. It'll never, it'll never happen. There's no way that happens. And you know what? If that happened, I'd be a little pissed off personally. Even though, even though I'd be able to go watch him play, right? Even though he'd be close and he'd be in my backyard, it'd be fun. But it would feel weird. Yeah. It'd feel wrong. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel correct. It doesn't feel Dude, like you should Croft be. Co- it, doesn't it. Feel, it doesn't. Doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess you're right. It just doesn't feel. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like what he'll do either. If he had his mindset on playing another five years in Europe, he he's not going to go to Newell's old boys yet. At the age he's at now, I don't think he's ever going. By the way, 
Okay. Uh, well, people are, yeah, you, you really think that he, that he would want to go there and go there at 43, you know? Yeah. He might get hacked down. <laughs> he get, he get hacked the fuck down at 43. Just, just but, ask uh, Juan Roman Riquelme how he felt when he went back to our Argentinos juniors. Like they're, they're going to, they're going to kill, they're going to shave easily two or three years off your career. I mean, your career is basically done at that point anyway. I don't know. My, my point is, my point, look, 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 you're, 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 okay. I hear you. My point is, I think he's staying in Europe. I don't know. It's got to, it's probably going to wind up being PSG. Let's be fucking honest, man. How's it not going to be PSG? They don't, they, I mean, Man, Man City have splurged a whole lot. They do have Pep going for them. They do have Pep going for them. I don't know. I wonder. I really so, do wonder. I can't see him going. I can't see him coming to Italy. I mean, you would assume the that it'll be probably that PSG could really do it. The only teams that could really do it is PSG and Manchester City. Now, Juventus, you're more, you're it's way better versed than I am about their inner internal finances. But I can only see Manchester City and PSG. Otherwise, it would have to be either MLS or Qatar or Saudi Arabia or China or one of yeah. those exotic yeah, destinations. Yeah, yeah. Whichever, I don't think he's going either. I'd be shocked anyway. Listen. Juve can't listen. Juve can't afford him because they're paying Cristiano Ronaldo. That's what it is. I mean, Juve, Juve, Juve would be one of those clubs that could one year left. One, but you're, yeah, talking about maybe extending. Talky might leave. We'll 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 see. But um, I don't know, man. I think uh, I just think there's no way that they could swing it with both of them. Although it'd be awesome to see the two of them. There'd have to be some kind of concession there, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to concede for each other. I actually also don't think either of them particularly have the desire to play with each other. If I had to guess, I, I think they'd probably rather compete against each other than play together. Fuck knows, man. But they would be they would be they would be made for each other. Think about it, man. You have like a natural number nine, which is what he essentially is now at this point in his career, Cristiano Ronaldo, and you got you got a playmaker behind him. To, to, to rely upon like Cristiano is going to score a boatload of goals and Messi is going to score a boatload of goals. It's going to be some, it would be something the likes of which we have never seen in the history of football. And it would be the best team to never win the champions league. Oh be my God. Cause, oh, cause, cause if any Juve fan thinks that something would win them the champions league, it's not happening. It's still now not. I know that you're a Juventino man. Cause you can't be that negative unless you support that club. <laughs> it, it's, it's not, it's listen, listen, it's, it's, it won't change anything. I'll love, I'd love to see it, but it won't happen. Listen, I'll take it. I'll take it if he goes to Inter. He's not going to go to Inter either. They're fucking bleeding money right now too. Forget um, it. Absolutely not. But He's but, not going to go to yeah. Milan. He can't. He can't. They can't afford him yet. So that's it. They're like, not there. It's They're essentially not there. a short list of who can afford him. And that short list is even shorter than people think. We'll see, man. The season is coming in hot and... I mean, it'll have to get sorted in the next month. There's no. It's not going to take a gap year, that's for sure. <laughs> how funny! How funny! How funny would that be if he took a fucking gap year? And just play this back, Mike. I appreciate you doing this, man. This has been a lot of fun. This is long overdue. I'm glad we could uh, we could finally shoot the shit. We'll see where he goes, man. We'll see where your uh, where your boys goes. But where Dude, can I uh, yeah? I, no, I swear no. to God. I, I didn't even look at the time until now, and I felt like we were just shooting this shit before we started recording. That's how I felt. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love talking to you. I'm glad we could finally do this. Where uh, where can people uh, where can people get at you, especially Canadian listeners who uh, who uh, who may want to become a little bit more uh, in tune with the local Listen, scene? Check me out on Twitter at Mike Miller FC. On my bio, you're gonna have links of everything that I'm involved in. Otherwise, 
Instagram, same handle, at Mike Miller FC. Facebook, same handle, at Mike Miller FC. Uh, hit me up. You want to chit-chat? You want to debate? You want to you, you wanna get into an argument about some of the things I said tonight? I'm always open to, to having frank conversations with people. Yeah, well, we do it all the time, and uh, I, I value that very much. Thanks for, uh, thanks, for, thanks for always taking the time with me, and thanks for taking the time on the pod tonight. Uh, it was great to finally have you on. And uh, yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. I really hope. Uh, I really hope. Uh, I hope it's all a fucking conspiracy, and he can go back to uh, to yeah. Barca. And I'll tell you why. Because the more I think about it now, the the worse I feel. I was excited at first, right? Because it's a bomba news, and you go, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" And the more I think about it, the more wrong it feels. I don't know. There's something about it. This is a person who grew up with him. It would feel very weird to see him elsewhere. Cristiano Cristiano left very early, right? He he was adventurous. I mean, football in Portugal wasn't what it you know the the academy he came through wasn't at the level of the one that Messi came through, and he you know he 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 saw he saw to move relatively early in his career. I don't know. It was he didn't he didn't feel as part of the wallpaper. He didn't feel as part of this you know as, as part of the as part of the um what what, what are the words What's the, the word? fabric the fabric the beams holding up the club at Real Madrid like Messi yeah. does at Barca. I hope it's all a conspiracy. I don't think it is, but we'll uh, we'll see, man. If it's not, I hope uh, you know. I wish you I wish you a lot of strength uh, getting through this year without him. It's Thank been you. a very long time, man. That Thank you've you. you've gotten to to witness him, and yeah, strength to you all, man. It almost feels like it should be a fucking funeral for Barca fans. Can I can I can I leave you with a, a personal story about Messi? Let's go. Um, the first time I saw him play live. It was a classical, actually. It was the, the Spanish Super Cup, and I saw Messi and Ronaldo score in the same game in the summer of 2017. Wow. And this, yeah. was in, this was in Spain? This was in Spain, in Barcelona. And I saw Ronaldo score and then get sent off. And I, I, I never jeered someone as loud. And, you know, it's all fair. It's all... It's all, all it's all, all in fair. fairness. All I mean, yeah, all is fair, man. I mean, you know, he plays for the team I don't like and all that, but he loves it. He loves get he loves yeah. it, man. Come on. But I'll never I'll never forget it, man. I saw the two greatest clubs in like two of the greatest clubs in the world and the two best players in the world play at the same time in the same game for a trophy. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. I'm glad you got to watch him play for your uh for your club in person, man. I, yeah. you know, here's hoping you could do that once more. Again, I don't think it'll happen, but uh, I don't know. Who, who knows? Maybe we'll be vindicated in a few weeks, like I guess we were with the Super League to a certain extent. Either way, either way, bro, it was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch, bro. Likewise, man. Grazie mille. Thanks a lot to Mike Miller for joining us on the pod. Had a lot of fun chatting with him. Listeners, much love to you all. Thanks for tuning in to this 130th episode of the podcast. We'll be out next week again around the same time with an interview with Jeff Nadu. Again, your homework for next week is to watch Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. We'll be reviewing it next week. And down the line, I'd like to continue doing shit like that, reviewing stuff that I think is really cool with guests who I enjoy speaking with. So... Stay tuned for that. Going to be interviewing Nick Gentiletti soon. Not interviewing. We're going to be doing a po- going to be doing a pod with Nick Gentiletti soon. Uh, we'll probably have a five aside first one in a long time as well. So stay tuned for that. A lot of fun shit planned again all throughout the summer. Uh, so listeners, 
If you haven't followed us yet, please do on all platforms at Cultural Podcast. We are on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, baby, at Cultural Podcast. Subscribe to the pod if you liked it, if you listen all the way fucking through. A nice long one for you guys to take you into the week. Uh, and yeah, man, stay woke. Don't buy Venezia shit. Uh, just don't do it. Kappa ain't cool. Kappa ain't all that, man. It's not, uh, you're not original anymore. Don't do it. Just don't. Um, because Sam said so. Buy Cultural Pod merch instead when it's out, which it will be soon. Listeners, I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. Enjoy this nice outro curation that I've selected for you all. Until next time, ciao. C'erano trappole, tarantole a trarti nel buio fino Fatto splatter, tarantino, per finirla tara luce e vino Fuga dai tartari che trottan vicino Per ogni tarantella fatta, adesso sa di tartar di bovino Dati per matte a volte pensi che ha ragione gli altri Però la tratta più lunga dà senso agli attimi E che in fondo la vittoria vera no, non è apparente E che alla fine sono sempre lo stesso di sempre Più cresco, più capisco che le persone hanno bisogno di aiuto Non sempre ci riesco, però ci tento come un soldato che si rischia tutto Volevo curare che fosse il mio pane e mi ritrovo a farlo in un beat Quando il mondo sarà poi un posto migliore ci ringrazieranno, sì Ci ringrazieranno davvero per intere generazioni Baby puoi guardare avanti anche se è sempre buio c'è luce in fondo Ricordati di dire un grazie per ogni giornata in cui sei felice Che poi rischi di prenderci gusto e uscire ogni giorno con gli occhi lucidi Queste strade mi hanno sempre portato Dove io volevo anche col fiato spezzato Sei bella anche di notte pure appena sveglia Ti amo così tanto che ne vado Sento il profumo di un mondo completo Io sono proprio dove dovrei essere Il pavimento si alza, l'unico